2: Leicester's lifted up the oh, ring with Robert oh, Rage oh. in it with a damn tractor. Rage falls out of the entire ring. This is one of the damnedest things I've ever seen in I've my never life. i seen anything like this,
1: ever. Robert Leicester just lifted the ring 15 feet off the ground with a damn tractor. And the champion... Hello Rage, and welcome Rage, to down our SummerSlam post show. I am John Pollock alongside Mr. Wei Ting representing Giant Baba. Here on this late Saturday night as we are about to turn into Sunday. How are you, Way? Doing pretty well, John. How are you? I, I'm doing great. Um, this is a later start than I expected. I was uh, we, we did not get our sub 15-minute Brock Lesnar match. No, he decided mm-hmm. to have the longest singles match I think he's had since he beat the streak of The Undertaker. How long was this main event? It was over 22. It was almost 23 minutes. Oh, wow. So well, on the, certainly on the higher end of uh, Brock Lesnar matches, uh, but we will get to that uh, right off the top. Just a note for the post show: uh, I will be here for the entire review of the show, uh, but then Way is going to be handling the calls and feedback. Uh, my reasoning is that I have to wake up in about five and a half hours, and I. There's only so much that I can uh, push. I've got a a pretty slam day on Sunday, but uh, regardless, Way has you all covered for the feedback and the calls at the end of the show. But we are going to have an extensive review of SummerSlam 2022, which I would say way going in, this was certainly met with heightened curiosity that this would be the unofficial, if not official, start of the The new regime of WWE and this definitely felt like that kind of planting your flag and cementing you know certain changes and and people viewing it and more importantly receiving it as such.
0: There was one particular angle and segment that I would say felt very, you know, indicative of a new regime in Triple H and his fingerprints in particular. Uh, The rest of it, 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 we can discuss throughout the show of of whether or not, you know, we felt like things were changed specifically with this new regime or if they were just simply remnants of what was already in place with Vince around.
1: Um, I I think that there's certain elements of this that will be assigned um, credit to Paul Levesque that – very easily could have happened regardless and and that is i think what you're going to see is that there is an overall optimism that i think paul levesque benefits from here whether that's that's deserved or not that's the result of this change i think people are very uh when things are good we're gonna give it give credit to triple h when things are bad we're gonna blame it on vince well and i think in a larger sense like that does tell you about a longer discontent that fans have had that they are going to assign the bad even if it's not necessarily warranted mm-hmm. um, that, that was something brought up in TNA at times I remember Dixie Carter once stating the fact that when uh, people would chant fire Russo and there were some segments that like Russo didn't have anything to do with but that's where they assigned it because they attach that to uh, a negative connotation so uh, you know Paul Levesque is coming in and I think he is he is coming with a lot of goodwill and that's even after like the uh the problems that he had at the end with nxt and you know over time they will be deserved or not but you know mm-hmm. going into this like he is looked upon as the person that that represents the the optimistic wwe fan that that wants to see a product that they enjoy on a routine basis
0: he represents change you know and i think for people that that saw his um audition so to speak with uh, nxt black and gold and the the subsequent uh I would say a negative, uh, you know, response to the rebranding of NXT once he was uh, taken away. Fan logic can't help but associate Triple H with good and Vince McMahon with bad. Um, and going into this particular show, I'm, I'm sure he would look he was looking to prove that, you know, to, to, it, it was incredibly important for him to have this show be good and not just good, but perhaps
1: great. Uh, before we just get into the review uh, I'll probably write something about this in the next day or two but uh blackjack Brown who was you know a really well known uh wrestling photographer and writer um through many many years he's someone that you know especially going back to older wWF shows that you would certainly recognize uh, he passed away on Friday a lot of different people especially in the northeast uh you know re- uh, recognizing his contributions seemed to be very well connected with a lot of different people, so I just want to mention that uh, off the top of uh, of his passing. Uh, but we go into SummerSlam, and um, the the pre show I pretty much just had on the background. the The panel was on there. Um, Titus O'Neil came out. And uh, I was gonna think, well, that didn't go so well a few weeks ago, but uh, let's try this. But uh, this time he was out just for uh, a bunch of presentations to different organizations. Uh, the edge vignette ran just stating, I am coming tonight. And mm-hmm. that was that was the pre-show. My my favorite part now of these pre-shows, when it's especially a, a big stadium show is at the end of the pre-show, there had to have been top six people that stuck around in the background to watch the tail end of this preview show. And it was just a deserted landscape because they're set outside to do the panel. And it was just the most depressing visual of like six fans that had stuck around to watch the end of this panel as everyone had gone to take their seats.
0: Yeah, right. Well, I mean, the, the explanation is that people are in the building. So therefore, um, it, the party's, not, the party's on, the, on the Peacock Network. So what are you still doing here? Make sure That's you it. order right now. Yeah, I mean I thought it was only significant because we got the reveal of the edge um yes. a- arrival here. As far as I know, this was the first time you got to see it tonight was edge. Yeah, we we only got it. to
1: see I am coming to on TV. So if we had get, gotten to see the whole word, what would it have read on on Monday? I am coming tonight plus five days. I don't think he would have gotten to see it. Oh, okay. So he was um, just mid sentence. He hadn't written out at all. He's like I am coming tonight question mark tomorrow question mark what he was was two to have
0: leave you hanging there you know what, so. he was going to write one letter a day in night until we got to saturday yes,
1: yes we'll spend lots of time talking about edge and the video uh opened up with a uh, jason Aldean with crazy town which included the uh someone scripted putting top shelf smiles onto top shelf faces uh, but to top these charts you're going to need to be the last man standing, and that was our opening up of uh, SummerSlam here. With uh, th- this attendance was was quite something. So the last figure that WrestleTix reported this afternoon was uh, just over uh, thirty-eight thousand three hundred. We started off the show at over four about. It was like over forty thousand people, and then at one point, Michael Cole just grew it to over forty-five thousand, and then uh, Mayor Kane informed us it was uh, forty-eight thousand and change. So it was—it seemed like it was a progressively growing number throughout these uh, three hours of this broadcast.
0: Do we expect anything, you know, less? Of course.
1: Yeah. Well, we're, we're uh, some <laughs> things will certainly bleed through to the new administration.
0: Yeah. Well, we will get a real number at some point, won't we, for this show?
1: Uh, th- this one, we we probably will. Yeah, and it should be around like the forty mark. Looks to be where they were at. That's why when they were stating at the beginning, oh, over forty thousand. I'm like, ah, yeah, that's pretty on top of uh, kind of where where things were reported at. But mm-hmm. anyway. Um, and,
0: and for comparison's sake, the NFL. Capacity wise for an NFL game, this holds 60, 60 something, almost 70 for
1: an wow. NFL game. And if you know, like on the hard camera side, like there were the, there were brief glimpses where you could see that part was pretty much all like empties and tape. And they just didn't shoot that side of the stadium mm-hmm. and you didn't see it. But overall, like they shot it where you would have thought this thing is just full.
0: It looked full on camera. So I guess they, you know, couldn't sell it, it was the, the side that, it that you good. weren't,
1: that you were seeing, like from your perspective, hmm. So to open up the show was Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch for the Raw Women's Championship, noting Belair is here in her home state and all of the history going back to last year's SummerSlam, where she lost to Becky, the returning Becky, after they promoted Sasha Banks right up until the minute the match was to begin. Mm -hmm. So... It begins, and they go to the floor, and Belair goes for a KOD onto the barricade, but Becky snaps Belair's arm over the barricade and lands a leg drop and would focus on Belair's left arm throughout the rest of the match, and Belair's defending an arm bar. Uh, Belair catches her and double underhooks and slams Becky onto the edge of the apron, but Becky grabs her by the braid and pulls Belair uh, shoulder-first, ends up going into the post. Air then rolls through on a cross body. Becky escapes and Becky busts out the diamond dust. Tribute to uh, mm-hmm. Masato Tanaka here on the, in this opener. Belair then tries for the KOD and Becky holds the rope and rolls into a disarmer. Belair fights it maneuvers out and then takes Becky on her shoulders landing the KOD on the floor with one arm. She tries to get Becky into the ring. She can't do it but Becky beats the count and she hits a follow-up KOD. Becky lands on her feet spine buster to Becky and then Belair gets yanked off the top by her braid into a manhandle slam. I thought that was a really clever spot for a two count and then she goes for the manhandle off the turnbuckle but it's counter. With a one woman spant fly by Bel Air into the KOD and pins Becky Lynch in 15 minutes and 11 seconds. Uh, There's lots to talk about with the post match angles, but I thought this was a great opener. I I thought these two were just everything was on. They they hit everything in this match, and I I would argue like this this might be the the best match that they have had. I think it's you know the WrestleMania match had so much of the. Uh, the, the entrances, the whole presentation, and they had a great match. Um, but I, I really enjoyed this one a lot. I did
0: too. Uh, I thought it was not just a fantastic opener, but also a great match. And I thought these two were able to continue that wonderful chemistry that they showed with each other at WrestleMania. It was much like that Mania match. Um, it was a match that was full of like very well-designed sequences, full of counters, all of it very well-executed. And in this case, good psychology centered around Bianca's shoulder in the setup for the Disarmor, of course. And I thought a pretty spectacular finish uh, with that Spanish yeah. fly into that KOD. I maybe felt it was a little less like a little less impressive than perhaps the Mania match and maybe that's already because my my expectations are that much higher you know this time around that maybe the shock and, and, and sort of like the atmosphere of seeing these two in a big stadium having a great match um was you know already expected so to me but nonetheless they delivered I thought this was an extremely worthy sequel and this kind of had also the added feeling of like being a wrap-up to their year-long feud this has been one year in the making this particular moment and that closing moment of the hug between these two actually felt kind of cathartic
1: yeah I thought this one like maybe I give some extra to this one because Wrestlemania had the chase of Bianca getting the title and Mm -hmm. and and winning it like it was this big crowning achievement and in this one I think a lot of people assume Belair would retain would retain the title so you, you didn't have that same dynamic of her getting the big win this was her defending the title as well but you know mm-hmm. i i think two really stellar matches that they've had this year on two mm-hmm. of the biggest shows of the year and then as way mentioned becky offers her hand and bellaire's reluctant but they shake hands and they hug and this looked to be the the becky turn like that's what it felt like i I don't think this should just be kind of this was an in the moment because then they shot this angle after that certainly suggests Becky is coming out of this as a babyface.
0: We it looks like we have ended the B, uh, Becky Lynch heel
1: run. You got and your year as this character Becky and she she was very good, but she's more a better impo- babyface.
0: More importantly, you got your two big stadium main events with Bianca Belair, with a worthy opponent for Bianca Belair and coming out of it Bianca Belair Won both of those big matches. She is a much bigger star coming out of this feud. Becky Lynch, I think, has exceeded all of our expectations when, you know, it came time for, for, her, for her to be announced as a heel. She's reinvented herself and continued to reinvent herself week after week. And I, I'm interested to see now as a babyface, what elements of this sort of uh, big time Bex character that she retained.
1: She can take a lot from this character mm-hmm. and it will work as a as a babyface. Yeah. So uh, Becky exits the ring and Belair is there celebrating when Bailey makes her return and she comes out and we should mention this aisle to walk to the ring was gigantic. It was like, it was like a two minute walk for these people to make it to the ring. So it's a long walk for Mm -hmm. all, like I, I would love to add up like the entrance times that we devoted on the, on this broadcast um, t- it was just like, like such a long walk. So Bailey comes out. She's only going like midway here. And she's yelling, do you remember me? And as she's standing there, she is followed by the returning Dakota Kai, who comes out. And then if that's not enough, we get Io Shirai, who Jimmy Smith... First, does identify as EO Shirai, but it appears she is coming back as EO Sky, which will be her new name. And the three of them stand side by side, and then they enter the ring with Bel Air by herself when Becky returns, standing shoulder to shoulder with Bel Air. And we get Becky Chance, and Becky's challenging them to bring it on, but the three stand down and leave. And this Raw Women's Division just got a gigantic injection of stories of talent and just we were talking about what uh bianca gonna do after this and we were suge- you know they did the alexa bliss tease now all of a sudden bel-air's got programs through next year um there was just so much that came out of this um mm-hmm. and you know the call-up of shirai the return of kai and this is probably one of the most positively received uh, segments of the entire show hmm
0: This was the type of thing that I think you would have expected to see on the Raw after WrestleMania or, you know, the um, uh, New Year's Dash, you know, after a Wrestle Kingdom. Like, this is sort of like the big move that a company would do to completely reinvigorate a division after telling your, you know, year-long closing stories. In this case, they managed to do it at the end of this match on the pay-per-view in the first segment. Um, and, you know, rightfully so, maybe at the end of the culmination of the year long story that you know Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch and the women's division by extension ha, you know has has been telling this entire year and in this case i felt like it, the message was very clear this was triple h letting us all know that he was now in charge his biggest contributions i would say um to like the main roster up until this point has been the cultivation of this women's division that he's developed, you know, from uh, like Paige and and Emma to the to the four horse woman on. Um, and this felt like this was his calling card being brought up to the main roster, complete with the person that nobody expected to return here in the in in somebody like Dakota Kai that they just released going as far as to bring her back. Not just onto Raw in some no-name role. She is brought on to SummerSlam, okay? Walking out after Bailey. Now, the order of these walkouts I found very significant, too, because Bailey for sure, is somebody that everybody recognizes. She comes out, gets the big pop. Dakota Kai, less so. And I would say Eo Shirai or EO Sky as well, less so. They didn't get the biggest reactions. But online, they got the biggest reactions and coming out of this, they will get the biggest reactions because, again, they are very much, to me, representatives of the new regime of Triple H. Um, and, you know, Bailey really is, too, but hers, hers was expected. The others were not. And to me, they were complete decisions that Vince McMahon would never have made.
1: Do you like the EO Sky name change?
0: I don't mind it. You know, everybody's going to get up in arms every single time. We have a wrestler come up from uh, NXT over to the main roster to change the name. At this point, I think we've we've come to expect it. We know that they want to control IP. I mean, maybe there's some instance here of them not really liking a Japanese name. I don't know. If it, I would imagine that Io Shirai herself had something to do with the, the choosing of this name. I, I think you could do a whole lot worse than EOSky. Sky. I think it's, it actually is kind it's of cool. fine.
1: Like you you have the genius of the sky, so I, yeah. You know it, it ties in with the. I, I had no issue with this. I'm I'm generally not as um uh, averse to a lot. Like some of the names are just completely goofy, but they're just like we we get used to them so quickly. So there's I, nothing not...
0: wrong with EOSky. Sky. On top of this, they are making a point of capitalizing this name so that when you write it. It has to be capital I-Y-O space capital S-K-Y the same way you have to capitalize Kenta, the same way you have to capitalize, uh, you know, like, I guess, Walter, you know, at one time or um, uh, evil, you know, like they're keeping that tradition. And you know what? That just makes it cooler for some reason. So
1: you, you just kind of give me that little like weirdness about it. And I'm, I'm all in capitals i'm fine for my formatting mansoor okay. and uh and Massey, <laughs> those dude i literally have to go google them and then copy and yeah. paste them when i'm using when i'm writing their names for stories so the three um yeah so th- this ended the segment th- this was like a great um reminder of you know a show like this you start off by giving the audience something great mm-hmm. it's like they were in a great mood from the beginning, and I think that really transferred to other stuff on the show. That maybe it, you, you could have gone either way, but I think you started off where it was a glass half full type of response that the crowd was going to have.
0: I was ready, like to brew a like a whole pot of coffee, you know, after this first match for the rest of the show, and I, I didn't exactly need it because like my energy was was way up after this first segment. And, and like you mentioned, John, completely reinvigorates the Raw Women's Division. Now you have Becky Lynch and Bianca I think the matches Beller.
1: that you've got just with like Shirai, like between Kinks these the... five,
0: any of these five that we saw in the last segment with yeah. Be- Becky on the babyface side of things. Now we got a hot new faction and we have a hot new tag team on the babyface side and and, and 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 Bianca can, you know, incorporate another babyface to rise them up potentially to their level.
1: Yeah, like, like Shirai to me was like the top of the list and Mm -hmm. the amount uh, of matches that, that she can have and sustainable ones as well that, that are, that you hope, like, like pairing with Asuka, stuff with Charlotte, like there's, there's just all these new ways of where you can go. And Bel Air has just, just, it's tremendous now. The, the potential that you have and and a story that links it all to, uh, uh, that you have to explain now with Bailey, like how she recruited these two. There's all these great options that you have
0: part of me wondered if like you know when especially when it was three on one with bel-air alone part of me wondered if like this would have been a place for sasha and naomi if they like I, I i have no idea like where talks are well you know as far as that goes but i i wondered if the audience was thinking the same thing too but i i don't think like i don't think anybody was disappointed that those two didn't show up you know after this
1: I'll tell you like that would have been kind of like that this kind of segment was designed to get that kind of reaction from people and it would be a natural that you would want those two in that role that would you know a- accomplish the same message um and and you know we'll we'll see if they can like that is the ultimate kind of fan service move is you reconcile things with those two and mm. they come back and they are like that really is a sign of things are going to be done differently And these two are representative of that by being on the inside and not on the outside. Uh, They plug Clash at the Castle, which will have a one Eastern start time on September the 3rd. So a Saturday afternoon start time. And that would be uh, 10 a.m. on the West Coast. An early one, an
0: early Saturday. Pretty early, but that's that's like F1 time. Yes. Uh, Are you watching the Grand Prix tomorrow? I'll watch a little bit of it. Yeah. I'll, and I'll watch maybe the rest on delay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. T- tomorrow's not going to happen for me with the Grand Prix, but I will, crazy, I will record it.
0: Crazy qualifying results. Yeah, yeah, man. George Russell. Yeah. George Russell. After like Nicholas Latifi actually got the best lap time in the, in the
1: practice, which is super weird. And then he ended up 20th. Yeah. He 20th. Yeah, yeah. So it's super weird. The Miz and Logan Paul was second. So Miz comes out with Maurice and Ciampa. They're in green and black outfits. And Miz is wearing his own collectible card, uh, mocking the, the Pokemon card that Logan Paul wore at WrestleMania and the telling Polaroid. everyone it's, it's one of one. Was this mm-hmm. a Polaroid? Okay. Yeah, uh, a Polaroid in the case, yeah. There's a chant of tiny balls at the beginning, and Miz now has this new gear that's all filled with my balls are massive name tags. So he redid his whole wardrobe built around his balls. Oh, you know, we got like, we got the, um, uh, the Alex
0: Riley phase. We got the Mizdow phase. We got the, now we got the balls slash Champa phase. Yeah.
1: Miz, uh, does this spot where he goes to kick Logan, who, uh, did, did you see the Jake Paul fight got canceled next weekend? I didn't. Wow. Really? There was a, they put out an announcement tonight, right before SummerSlam started that the fight is off that. This is from Jake Paul's side. His management put out a press release that Haseem Rahman has had they they were supposed to fight at 200 pounds and then Rahman allegedly stated he was going to fight at 215 pounds and if they would not take that he wouldn't take the fight and they were not going to um, they they were not going to go for that he had. Jake apparently would go to 205 but not to 215 so they called it right off which is definitely going to bring up questions like how how was this fight doing like ticket wise mm-hmm. and such is I think that's going to be a natural follow-up question but at least from the Jake Paul side it's over this weight issue but the fight is off for next Saturday which uh we were actually going to have a post show for on on the site but not going to have right. Yet. Yes, we were. So, <laughs> wow. anyway, that's the latest on the Jake Paul front. But mm-hmm. um So Logan comes back. He does a takedown fireman's carry spot. And then he does the same spot where Miz tries to shield himself. And then Logan just playfully kicks him in the head. And throughout the beginning of this, like Logan Paul, he is a great athlete. And you can Mm -hmm. certainly see like athletically, he can pull off like a lot of stuff. Like he's not going to be the most seasoned guy, but he can do a lot of athletic things. But I felt for like three quarters of this match, this audience, it's like we will boo the Miz But we are not reacting to this guy. And it was just it felt exactly as we discussed in our preview that it was going to be indifference towards Logan Paul. And it was just to to me, it was like this guy was just going to go and go and go until he could win over this crowd. And I mean, this guy did a moonsault off of the apron. Uh, Ciampa got involved at one point and was caught by the ref who rejected him or sorry, rejected, ejected him. And. Chompa refuses to leave. So AJ Styles' music hits. And just knowing how long that rundown was, it wasn't surprising that AJ came through the crowd and attacked attacked Chompa and fought him out. So that was AJ Styles' big uh, SummerSlam uh, contribution, was ridding the match of uh, Chompa. So then Logan Paul does his version of the phenomenal forearm, which Graves says, I wouldn't call that phenomenal, it was a pretty good forearm, but it was a uh... pretty good forearm. <laughs> Graves is not going to put this thing over. And then Miz gets placed onto the announcer's desk. And this is where Logan Paul won everyone over because he hit this incredible frog splash off the top, putting Miz through the table. And at that point, this audience was like, we don't want to like really cheer this guy. But that was a tremendous spot. And he pulled it off. And they got the crowd at this point. Maurice mm. distracts the referee from counting. Miz takes his Polaroid and almost hits Maurice. I guess this was a a very dangerous object that this card could have rendered Maurice oh, unconscious. Mean, it's,
0: a, it's a glass or plastic case. They might have been studded with jewels, you know, bedazzled, you know, sharp
1: corners. Well, yeah. he pulls up he doesn't hit Maurice and instead Logan Paul hits Miz with the skull crushing finale in win and wins the match in 14 minutes and 16 seconds I'm not going to say that this guy uh proved to everyone that like yeah he's a he's an awesome baby face but listen he got to where um that they wanted by the end and this was a spectacular spot that they had at the end and he pulled it off really well considering I think the great deficit that he was fighting against
0: by being positioned as a baby face against the Miz and then ending with this reaction for the finish. It was, I win. would say, I would say he did really well. You know, I, I, I was very impressed um, coming out of this and going into the match. We were wondering, well, what, what, what were they going to do to cater the crowd reaction towards Logan Paul? What sort of angle would they shoot beforehand? What sort of promo with the Miz cut on the hometown crowd to favor the crowd towards Logan Paul? Nothing. They did Nothing. All they relied on was Logan Paul's performance. And this guy did that. You can make the argument, yeah, like in his case, in Pat McAfee's case, in, in what is it, uh, Bad Bunny's cases, they're going to allow them to do everything they can. They're going to give them a ton of impressive looking spots. Canadian destroyers all around. You know, like do as many flips as you want. As long as you get over and as long as you get on the highlight reel, it's okay. That's fine, yes. But there still is required a great deal of I think talent and and I thought this guy showed that really like an
1: execution like let's be honest I know Pat McAfee's everyone's favorites like he had a lot of misses in the, in that match he mm-hmm. was not as smooth this time around
0: yeah and on top of that I, I mean this was obviously you know the longest we've seen Logan Paul wrestle uh, he he only had himself to rely on on at least one side and then you know beyond the moves I thought like the selling in what little capacity we kind of got to see of it, I thought was decent. Certainly his charisma is way up there. And that comes from, I think, you know, years being in the spotlight, just the general comfort in front of cameras and in front of large crowds. He has that. Um, He's still very much fighting against, you know, I think what the intended crowd audience uh, like reaction for him is, but. I thought he did so much here that like he earned my respect and I would say probably the audiences or at least a good portion of the audiences as well by the end of it. So I would say it was a big win for him and the Miz, again, like as the heel, he, he just again proves why he's so valuable to the company in these sort of roles because he provides the perfect canvas for a guy like a Logan Paul to showcase his stuff for any baby face that's over to showcase their
1: stuff. So does that change where you would, like to see Logan Paul continue because this comes out of it like he is very much positioned as a babyface, and it looks like they will continue with this.
0: Yeah, no, um, I mean, it's very much by his request, from what I understand, in, in wanting to be pushed as a babyface. And I think the story has to emphasize how impressive he was. How he, you know, shut shut up a lot of doubters, and he has to cut some very good fiery babyface pro- promos. We had some some people in our in our uh, YouTube comments. I put up like a, a clip of our Logan Paul discussion, and there were a lot of Logan Paul defenders and a, lo- a lot of Logan Paul fans out there who were, uh, uh, yeah. And I thank them for like trying to educate me that like over over the past little while, Logan Paul has been like, you know, I don't know, somewhat of a changed person, like or at least um it, it, to, to to his audience uh and he's becoming uh, a a bit of a more of a babyface to his particular crowd nobody outside of his audience would know that we still know him as the guy who visited that that forest in Japan and and you know has probably said like really terrible things in, in the public or at least like is associated with a brother who still seems very much like like a douchebag so if there's going to be any hope of like getting the WWE audience to cheer for him as a babyface they need to put that work in to educate the wrestling audience of well like Please address some of this stuff. You know, how exactly are you a changed person? Um, I, I also th-
1: th- I also think you can be like a a, a regular uh, compassionate person and still play a role on television. I think I Kev- totally Kev- Kevin totally Owens agreed. is to me one of the most like thoughtful people out there, and he's one of the best heels in the company. I, d- I don't think you have to. I don't know. To me, it's um, it, it's it's what is best for your portrayal, and you come across as just a you on a scale of one to 10, you're a two as a baby face and like a nine as a heel. Mm -hmm. So why why are we fighting this, this tide, but they are clearly going with this. And let's be honest, like Logan Paul is not going to be a week to week character. I think we're going to be looking at him as like someone that is used, you know, I don't know as rarely as, as Pat McAfee, but like, you know, similar, like it will be a special attraction type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I would say so. Um, What do you expect to see him next? Um, well, Saudi Arabia is coming up in November. Um, that'll yeah, be a big show. I guess. I mean, so. ma- I mean, maybe, maybe they'll use them in the at the stadium show next month. in September, maybe. Yeah. We had a brief maximum male model spot where they are thirsty, and Maxine demands water. And this is just our ad for Pure Life Water, where they just poured water over each other, and it is the official water of maximum male models mm-hmm yeah so i'd like i didn't even know pure life was like i was wondering
0: if this was a real brand because like we get different labels like we have nestle pure life here but it's like the the regular blue label so i didn't know if this was like oh is this like a made-up thing so no it's 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 a real thing and they seem to only have like wrestling like wwe spokespeople you know throughout the at least their their twitter account so
1: I, i'm sure they would have loved this I'm, I'm sure they did Bobby Lashley against Theory for the United States Championship. Um, there was Big pyro around the stadium for Lashley's entrance. And then Theory attacks him with the briefcase before the bell rings. Lashley lifts and slams him down. And then Theory grabs the case and he's going to leave. But he's blocked by Lashley. They trade strikes. There's a leapfrog by Theory causing Lashley to go into the corner. And then Theory rolls at Lashley, is caught in a military press and turned into the hurt lock. And he submits Theory in four minutes and 44 seconds. Theory is uh, selling his neck. And, I mean, even the announcers are stating... You know, go go heal up. You've got a big night ahead of you. And this is all this needed to be. It didn't have to be long. And theory, I mean, as long as he has this briefcase, they they believe that whoever holds that briefcase is bulletproof. That's not yeah. always the case. But I mean, he did not need to win though. So um, the, that was that it was kind of a cold match. And it was, I mean, shorter than you would have even imagined these two would have got on television.
0: I I would say I I had very little interest in the match. And and it went exactly as as I think we all predicted. But I would say the the reaction to Bobby Lashley continues to be really strong. And as a babyface, you know, um, I I think his babyface run in general has been very well received. And here you got a stadium-sized version of it. So to me, he's, like, very much on track to have a very significant role, like, when we're heading towards WrestleMania season. I don't know how he figures into the plans at this point, but, like... He's gaining the type of traction that I feel is, is is like positioning himself for like a a title win like show closing moment type of thing you know
1: do do you think at all with, with Lashley that it's you know he's he's in this great run uh do, do you think the age scares them off at all that no. how much how much we invest in a guy Dude, that's,
0: they're, they're using Goldberg like you know every you're, area, you're like saying they but it's
1: it's not they anymore
0: true yeah, but Lashley does not look old whatsoever. How old is he? I, I'm just – he's 45. And how old is Brock Lesnar right now? I think the same. 45. Okay. They're about the same age.
1: And you know what? Um, oh, sorry. Bobby's uh, – he just turned 46.
0: 46. Okay. Well, listen. I think if you are um, –
1: like, like being the, the the alternative way, being like a Cody Rhodes. Okay, it's like you're looking like who is going to be our big guy that we're building right. to something like Mania time. Like the age is going to be, you know, uh, when when you're weighing those two options, like that yeah. that's going to come into effect.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think maybe Co- Cody might be your, your first choice in that case, but I I think the more options you have, the better, and it doesn't mean that you don't you wouldn't crown Bobby Lashley at at, at a separate time. I'd see Obviously, him having a
1: strong role. Yeah.
0: I'll just say like if you look like um, Bobby Eaton, okay, and you're 45, I just say bring up Bobby Eaton because he was brought up on Rampage as, as an example of a guy who was very impressive in ring but didn't look hey, Chuck Taylor will take that as a compliment.
1: and <laughs> you going to get compared to Bobby Eaton? That's, that's a good thing.
0: If you're Bobby Eaton at 45, you're probably not going to get as much of an opportunity as you do um, looking like Bobby Lashley at
1: 45. Different bobbies, certainly yeah. in physiques. Yeah. Uh, they they ran a, an ad for the the Kurt Angle A and E doc, which I imagine is going to be very good. Kurt yeah. Kurt is very honest and upfront about all his his problems, and it's it's an incredible story. So I imagine that'll be a very good A um, and E doc. I've I've seen a few of them. Um, I didn't see any of the ones last week, but um, yeah, hmm. I'm, I, I'll try and see that one at some point. Finn Balor and Damian Priest uh, with Rhea Ripley come out. And they are taking on Ray and Dominic, who are representing Hulk Hogan, I guess, in the red and yellow.
0: Uh, yeah, I thought we would get Halloween Havoc 97 here,
1: you know, with we the two of them, but... No, no, we got... Um, was
0: maybe, Hogan uh, on that show? Uh, yeah, he was.
1: Okay, well, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Different tribute. <laughs> uh, it's a no-DQ match. Uh, Dominic does a dive through Ray's legs onto the floor, and then Ray with an acai moonsault off the top, and at the beginning everyone was kind of uh, respecting the tag rules in this no DQ scenario they got the heat on dominic the crowd's chanting for tables uh, ray comes in quebrada onto damian priest and then a seated senton and then Ray took a chair, and this is our first use of a weapon in the no DQ match, and he does his sliding splash on the chair, landing on Balor on the floor. Balor then stops a 619 attempt, shotgun drop kicks Ray into the corner, and as he's going for the coup de grace, Dom stops things, and it leads to Ray hitting a top rope, Hurricane Rana. Uh, Priest is in for the save, and then the Mysterios line up both for a double 619, but Rhea Ripley, the muscle, trips both Mysterios and then lifts Dom onto her shoulders and dumps down. I want to see the Dominic Rhea Ripley match. They are clearly hinting this after Raw and then tonight.
0: I want to see Rhea Ripley versus like she's the muscle of a group, and I'm loving it. Like, it's she's dude, sort of this like- women's division
1: has like a lot of pieces to it.
0: Definitely, you're right, especially on Raw. Yeah, but you know, I, I almost get the sense they're taking Rhea Ripley, Ripley out to to put her into this role as the muscle for the male tag team group. You know, it's it's she's like a modern version of China. which Yeah,
1: is. yeah, I think that's probably what they're going for. Mm-hmm. So Priest hits the South of Heaven choke slam onto Ray when the lights go out and we see fire surrounding the entrance area and up rises the latest version of Edge, and this is a kind of a very much brewed in its presentation he comes up from this uh this elevated stage and his new color scheme he has ditched the black and purple he is now black and red version of adam copeland he has also uh he he's like styled his hair differently now from the uh the judgment day version it's not a slick black uh, slick back he's grown the sides out yes um uh, he's brought back the, the edge sunglasses the Edge sunglasses, I think he had like a lightning bolt or something on his uh, tights. Lightning bolt, okay. Yeah. H- how do you think, just look-wise, what did you think about the presentation here? Because I think I think Edge, certainly, like, of the mindset, I've got to reinvent myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but-, but he's coming off a reinvention that was not well-received. So yeah. this one is going to be, you know, I, I think... Chris Jericho maybe doesn't always get the credit of, like, all the changes he has made that have been pretty seamless and successful. And, you know, we're see- we're seeing Edge who had, you know, th- the historical version of Edge that could be very easy and you play the hits. But he's changed things up and the last one was not a great hit.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, like, I give him a lot of credit for, like... Thinking that way, you know, and, and a veteran like y- you would expect to, to to have those instincts. But somebody who puts so much effort into pa- repackaging himself after every s- single sort of sort of hiatus, um, I feel like he's done the brood entrance one too many times since his return already. Like he did it, I believe, didn't he do it like an, during the Orton feud? He did it at smersom last year, I think.
1: And then you know, and he's and he did it again, yeah.
0: It's, it's a well he's kind of gone to a few too many times for this to to feel that unique and that different. And then he already cut his hair last time. So you don't necessarily have the shock factor of seeing him with the short hair again this time around. He so could have been bald. <laughs> could have. Yeah. I mean, uh, he could have dyed his hair, you know, uh, green. Red. 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 Yeah, sure. Okada. A couple of balloons. <laughs> yeah. um. So, yeah, I, I, I for me, like the the jury's still out on, on this reinvention because I, I wait to see if there's a difference in his promo style and things beyond just, you know, the cosmetically. But I would say, yeah, visually, not as much of a shock as I think, you know, we we would have gotten if he didn't debut with the, the hair during Judgment Day and and if he didn't use the brood entrance so much.
1: So he comes out um in this this red leather jacket with with uh, studs and he just uh, gets involved here and uh, all of a sudden we just get the ending here pretty quick because he he boots Damian Priest in the aisle and then Spears Balor Spears Damian Priest who makes his way back to the ring and then a double 619 on Finn Balor and Ray pins him with the springboard splash in 11 minutes and 8 seconds and an edge left with the Mysterio so Presumably, this continues as sort of a like. I don't know if you get another Judgment Day member in there or what. Another happens. one? Damn, who else? Who else or or, or Dominic goes over. I mean, there's there's always that option too. Is but Dominic,
0: the difference maker, maybe. But
1: but I would it, say it, it yeah. edges with the Mysterios coming out of this. Yeah, certainly. Um,
0: I don't know if I'd be begging to join Judgment Day if I was a wrestler at this point, because as a heel tandem, they're proven to be pretty incompetent. You know they just lose and lose and lose. They couldn't win on Monday. They couldn't win here on a pay per view. Um, they were better with Edge, weren't they? Well, Edge. Oh wait, Edge it, took oh, the loss. Edge took the pinfall, didn't he? No, Edge pinned. Who did he beat? It was didn't <laughs> didn't they lose? <laughs> was this Money in the Bank? What was this?
1: Edge Edge won. I feel, and then they <laughs> they kicked him out.
0: Okay, i gotta look this
1: up yeah you gotta pull up the result oh goodness. i feel like edge won and they kicked them out of the group am i wrong so this was this was two months ago now so we're talking about hell in a cell here
0: okay and i'm about to get the results here everybody okay the judgment day beat aj styles finn balor and Liv morgan all right so they, so they won. won
1: and they won and they, <laughs> they kicked edge out and then they, so they were doing this. well and then they kicked their leader out <laughs> They pinned Finn Balor and they were, yeah, and him then they recruited Balor the next night. <laughs> now they just can't win again. This is a terrible so, strategy.
0: Yeah, so I don't know if I'd be begging to join this, uh, very you know, poorly uh, devised heel faction. The Rhea Ripley is the one. but imagine Dominic as
1: their mouthpiece, though. Well, the time you right up, yeah. <laughs> Michael Cole is in to call the next match with Corey Graves. It is Pat McAfee against Happy Corbin. And they played a video package um, going over the feud, but they also dedicated a portion to Pat McAfee's WrestleMania 38 uh, involvement. And this was very creatively edited where Vince McMahon did not exist in any of this. And it was just highlights of McAfee with Austin Theory and then drinking beers with Steve Austin. But you did not see any events in this video package. And it was just... Like, I'm not stunned. I would have been surprised to have seen Vince, but to actually watch this and to know that they selectively edited around Vince McMahon I mean, you just never thought you would reach this part where he has pretty much been erased. That is quite
0: amazing. Yeah. This is the same treatment they've given to any, you know, X X number of people that have brought on negative PR to the company. And now it is Vince McMahon himself who is getting that sort of treatment. So it, it, do you know if he's like, was he ever on the opening signature or, or, or anything that that might be recurring like that to your knowledge? I don't think he was in the opening signature. I feel like we would, we would have heard about it if like he was taken out of something like that. But yeah, yeah, that's That's really interesting.
1: I mean, Monday told you everything. It's like Vince mm-hmm. McMahon left the company and he didn't even get like an on-air. Thank you, Vince McMahon for 40 plus years. Uh, even he got it on Friday before he got before it on, on Friday, headline. but he didn't get it on Monday. And yeah, that's before that's, the big the big story, that's really yeah. significant on, on the show that you would most associate as like you know his his creation didn't even get a mention on, mm-hmm. on Raw. Like that tells you everything right there. Mm-hmm. So Corbin enters and he's coming out to his his regular theme, and then it cuts to a choir that is singing "Bum Ass Corbin," and I don't know if the. Well, obviously, I feel the intent here was to get the entire stadium to chant "Bum Ass Corbin," uh, but I don't think one person followed suit here, um, as they just uh, had this choir going. And then his music resumed, and he finished his way to the ring uh, before Pat McAfee came out. White Stripes didn't get any royalty checks this time around. It was uh, Pat coming out to his his own theme.
0: Well, if he's going to do this uh, more often, then yeah, they might they might <laughs> want to save a bit of money
1: on that on that White Stripes song. Yes. So the match starts with a super kick from McAfee and then a Rana off the turnbuckle before sending Corbin to the floor. Uh, Pat does a backflip off of the top, but then gets nailed with a drop kick and Corbin takes over. Michael Cole is noted that Corbin has been fighting at the top tier of WWE for years and years. This is a big test for Pat McAfee. Uh, Pat uh, comes back and he goes for a Pescado that Corey Graves identifies as ugly, but effective. And then Pat gets laid out onto the announcer's desk and Corbin puts on the headset naming Pat McAfee's parents and this just riles up Cole who is screaming that Corbin's parents would be embarrassed and these fans ringside are chanting Michael Cole and Pat then uh, comes back later. He does this like the Shelton Benjamin where he leaps to the top but he lands on his knees and he's got to like regain his footing to complete this superplex and Cole's just, oh, he's, he's got on his knees, and he did salvage it. What I have learned here is that Pat can be in the most um, awkward of positions, but man, this this guy will complete the the move. It might not look pretty, but he'll get it done at the end. Mm-hmm. So then we had the scariest moment where this dude looked like a guy that's had about 12 drinks at the end of the night that's just trying to walk out of the bar he's on top of the turnbuckle and he's like rickety he's going all over the place and he somehow gets enough stability to leap off the turnbuckle for a swanton this looks scary as hell the swanton bambini as it's been named Swan tone bambini, okay. This is what yes. Michael Cole said he is calling it. This dude, he was he was very lucky. Like he was just he had yeah. no he did not
0: have two stable legs underneath him. You know, I don't I don't know if like um Pat McAfee's gonna be in the video game. I would assume he is next year. I hope they animate this Swanton, like complete with the teetering and his <laughs> arms <argue laughs> moving everywhere. Yeah. I mean,
1: for a guy that like stands a lot, I mean you would think like he's <laughs>
0: <laughs> you think his balance would be great? Yeah, yeah, I
1: thought he had like put on like skates or something here on the this top. I thought
0: the avo- Boring actually actually kind of helped. Like it 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 gave us a bit of context to to say that this is not a guy who usually does this. He's well, normally a commentator, and not everything is going to look
1: super smooth. But well, I was yeah. worried this man was about to land on his head, so I was happy that he completed this. Pat avoids the end of days. Corbin knocks down Charles Robinson, and Pat kicks Corbin low as payback for the smackdown, and then he hit. The world's worst Panama sunrise. If you if this was a sunrise you saw, <laughs> this is not a postcard that you're sending home. OK, 10 was, minutes, 39 crazy. seconds. Uh, he pins uh, Corbin. And then afterwards, Graves tells him you were lucky. And he gives him the suck it sign. He claps hands here with Michael Cole. And then he has a beer ringside with some guy.
0: Was he going for a Panama, like a Canadian destroyer or was it supposed to be a code red? Cause he, like, it, it definitely looked like he was, it ended up being no, a he was, ugly it was, code red.
1: I mean, that that's essentially what it was. I like, it was the, you know, the, the Adam Cole callback
0: is, is like, a in front of the arms, in front of the shoulders. Anyway, whatever. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. It did not look great. Um,
1: Dude, it was, looked, it looked nothing close to great.
0: It looked brutal. Yeah. It was definitely maybe the, the the ugliest Pat McAfee match we've seen of the what three that we've seen up, up until this point of like yeah yeah yeah
1: definitely um, this I will say this this was not worse than the Vince McMahon match
0: oh yeah I'm not even including that no,
1: it, <laughs> it was, it was technically worse. a match this was nowhere near that that that's in a whole different category of uh, bad but this was yeah. like it, it it was very rough um people love pat McAfee. it's not like the crowd was not into this um mm-hmm. and with pat he's going to get more leeway but i mean this this was not smooth I, I think you'd be crazy to camouflage it as such
0: it was not smooth i will however though like i do feel like crowd reaction trumps like how how pretty a match looks like you know hardcore wrestling fans are the ones that are going to care most about how how flawless and how technical you know the the moves look but I think your general audience is just going to get excited about seeing this guy doing this stuff. And
1: I, I, well, well, let's, let's rewind though. Okay. If Logan Mm -hmm. Paul came up short on that splash and it was just a total mess, Mm-hmm. Will we be giving him points for for trying no. that? It's like it was the precision and the fact he hit it that gained him that that applause. So I totally. think we have to be fair when these are tried and they fail at the same but time. Sh- like,
0: agreed. But we should also be fair in, in describing the crowd reactions that they, they each okay, came cer- into cer- the certainly. match with. Pat McAfee is somebody who already has the crowd everybody seems to love this guy and he got he 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 had everybody engaged throughout the entire thing and despite some ugly looking moves in this thing crowd still went nuts for every single like his matches are designed
1: to be like a party it's just like this guy like he's he's got some of the the, like the sandman appeal to him Mm -hmm. Yeah, a a significantly better athlete than the sandman but nonetheless it's like an audience that they just want to see like a video game with pat mcafee as the star
0: yeah it is definitely a bizarre period we're in where like celebrities um there are multiple celebrity matches on the show and they're not bad. Like it's at the point now where like you can tell me uh Pat McAfee versus Logan Paul is coming up on a pay-per-view and I wouldn't completely cringe at it. Like I'd be in fact a little bit curious um in a non-ironic way about uh, that match actually being quite good because you would know that they would get a ton of help in putting it together. They would re- rehearse the hell out of it. And you're talking about very high-level athletes who are taking wrestling training very seriously. So They, they take a-
1: it very seriously, but I, I also feel that there's something to it being novel, that you're not mm-hmm. doing this every month, that mm-hmm. Pat McAfee doing two matches a year, and it and it feels special when he does it, and, and it works. You're not going to overstay that welcome at, at the same time.
0: Yeah, it's true. It's true. Uh, in the future, do you think we still get this sort of like doubleheader with Pat McAfee and Logan Paul on the same show? Or do they continue to maybe split duties here and there? On WrestleMania, you would expect each of them having their being
1: on. Well, a that's night. it. I think I think you reserve this for, for big shows. And yeah, yeah I, I could certainly see them yeah, being on on cards together. Yeah. Hmm. Drew McIntyre is introduced and he comes out. And he just notes that he lives here in Nashville, which is hilarious because he was doing all this promotion for the show because he's he lives there, and he's not even booked on the card. So he comes out and he states uh, like what a hard match it was with Sheamus, but he loves this. He calls out this fan in the front row, so everyone chants "Colt" at this fan. And he said the main event's gonna be a battle. He doesn't care who wins. He's winning the titles at Clash at the Castle. And he raised the sword as the pyro went off for him. It wasn't the uh the most wild pyro display, but uh something went off. And that was it. I was glad they got him on this show because he is going to be such a major focus of your next show.
0: hmm Yeah. Yeah. They gave a lot of time for like the non matches on this show. And um do you find that as just a way to like give people presents, or do you think that there is some sort of mandate to drag the show out a little bit longer beyond like the in-ring content?
1: I, I don't know if it's necessarily, they wanted to drag this out. I think that's just, the, it's kind of just the way the, sh- the show is structured with like so many of these video packages, some of which like they're tied to that they, that are, that are just there. Um, Like but they have the past, all they these. Would have,
0: they would have put filler matches to pad this show out.
1: Yeah. And know? I, I, I prefer this format, to be quite Me honest, too. where it's like in, it feels like the matches have importance to them. And we're not just like loading this to get every last person on the card. Mm-hmm. Um, and with Drew McIntyre, like I think that's someone this is a big show and at least showcase him because this is your your big challenger next month. Mm-hmm. The Usos against the Street Profits for the tag titles with Jeff Jarrett coming out. Um, he he did not get the uh, the biggest pop of. <laughs> he kind of just. No, came he out- didn't. It was just like, it was, it was like any other city, like, yeah, n- nothing wrong with it, dude, for, um, you can look up his age. He looks in great shape. He is, he has gotten yeah. ready for this weekend.
0: Yeah. This dude works out. I, I, I mean, so much respect for people who are able to stay in shape like that. It's, you know, it's, it's that referee
1: shirt, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, that he's got to wear everywhere. He looks he goes. trim. He looks good in referee yeah. shirt. Yes. Are you going to watch any of that show tomorrow night? The flare
0: show? Oh man, the undercard looks good, but I really don't like. I don't want to be interested in the main event, you know. I might catch um catch uh, some highlights here and there on, on on Twitter, but that that might be at the extent of it for me.
1: You so um I'm I won't be watching it live because I got to be recording at, at that time, but I'll probably catch at least bits and pieces of it. Hmm. um i thought the entrances here were, were really great in particular the street profits you had the tennessee titans cheerleaders come out followed by the prophets who were in the titans colors and this has felt like a cool entrance incorporating the uh the cheerleaders
0: it was yeah i mean anytime they they do this with the local stadium teams um you know uh,
1: cheerleaders uh, it the cheer it the cheerleaders come like, as part of the uh the building package yeah so the, they have the advantage on Dawkins. It's a slow start until Ford gets the tag and uh, Dawkins returns moments later with a Topicon hero into both Usos and hits a silencer on Jimmy for a two count. They did this double team spot where Dawkins hit a pounce to Jimmy who went into midair and was caught with a German suplex by Ford. And Michael Cole keeps noting that Jared is always in the right position. He's calling it right down the middle and that Jared is being a great referee. Uh, Dawkins, uh, Is hit with several super kicks, including a double super kick, and then an Uso splash, then a double one, and Ford makes the save. Jay then goes for a super kick, missing Ford, and nearly hits Jeff, who catches the super kick. And we see uh, from the heavens delivered by Ford onto Jay, but he has a delayed cover. And when he finally gets on top, Jarrett counts two, and we get the kick out, and Montez Ford cannot believe it. And for all the complaints sometime of the quick cuts and the production, I thought the way they focused on Montez Ford and had his facial reactions in these last few minutes were really great and emphasized the story because he looked like he was just great in turn like he could not believe that Jarrett didn't count three and he starts complaining to him and then Ford's... Uh, Ford's dive to the floor gets stopped when the Usos catch him with super kicks, send him into the barricade, and then they double team Dawkins with double super kicks and the 1D, and that's where they pin Dawkins as Ford is too late to get back into the ring for the save. It goes 13 minutes and 23 seconds, and it ends with the great visual of the Usos celebrating on the aisle, and the Profits are just sitting there in the ring looking so despondent. And I, I thought this turned out really well. I wouldn't say this was at the level of their last match, but for the story coming out of this, I thought in particular Montez Ford was great in this closing sequence and really kind of sets this sets up that this feels like this is the end of the Street Profits um, or at least a, uh, a major barrier in their continuation as, as a team. Like this felt like it's game over. Hmm.
0: I agree with you that I don't think this match exceeded the money in the bank match for me either. No. Um, and perhaps, you know, we've just kind of grown accustomed to a certain level and a certain high standard uh, for, for these these two teams at this point. Um, I'm going to have to like maybe get you to explain the, this, this closing angle a little bit more because I didn't really connect with me as much as, as it seemed to do with you. Because Ford was pissed off at the count, but it was a very normal count. So what What was
1: he? Oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't take it as though this was like a um, like Ford was justified in his complaint. I think he was just more airing his frustration that he thought he had the pinfall, but he he, 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 but he kicked out Jared. like he couldn't beat him. And I think he just took his frustration out on Jared. And it was just the realization we can't beat this team.
0: Got it. Okay,
1: So that's how I interpreted it. Yeah. Like I didn't view this. This was not Jarrett being heelish in any way. It was if anything, it was Montez Ford coming across as uh, being the heelish one
0: because I read it as him somehow being mad at Jarrett for not counting fast enough. Um, But but maybe maybe your interpretation makes a bit more sense. Um, but I'm very curious to see what happens coming out of the, the profits, you know, here. Um, we thought that the turn was going to happen a lot sooner than, than this, and it didn't. This time around, after SummerSlam, I don't know how much further they can really go with this feud, so maybe we finally get it.
1: Yeah, it'll be very interesting because Montez Ford is someone that people have had, you know, a spotlight on for a long time. Dude, Angelo Dawkins has improved a lot too. Like I, I think oh, yeah. I, I think this guy doesn't get a, get enough credit for like where, where he's come. And I, I do not uh, write him off as a lost cause. If this team breaks up, who would you turn? Um, I'd kind of like to see Montez Ford as uh, starting things off as a heel, because I think long-term he's going to be a top baby face for this company. But I think going through a heel run first might be the direction to go. It's so unnatural because I, I you know, I, I
0: don't like using this term because I don't think this person deserves it. But if you're to pick a Genetti and a Sean, obviously, like Ford is the one that that gets the most focus. So therefore, um, maybe you turn him into Sean. Maybe you turn him into into the. Uh, oh, the is Dawkins of the going group. through a a window. Uh, maybe he's got Genetti genetics. <laughs> well, we will see. Um, yeah, yeah. So story wise, I. I'd- I'd- Saving Dawkins, I think, giving him relevance by baby-facing him, perhaps. But it would be a tough, tough hill to climb, I would say, for
1: him. So they thanked Kid Rock for his song that here in the, uh, the post-Vince McMahon era, the first song for the pay-per-view was called Shakedown. And Kid Rock is there in attendance, and he starts making out with this woman next to him and then gives the camera the middle finger, and they cut to black. Mm-hmm. This was yeah. like uh, I feel Fred Durst did this once where he gave the uh, the middle finger when he was on camera and they uh, they don't like that.
0: You can't show the middle finger
1: on uh, WBT. Well, they, the, they cut the black when he did it. Oh, you can't show that on Peacock, really? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what their standards are. And with that, we cut to the ring and Riddle storms the ring, noting he's not medically cleared, but Andy Orton told him not to take crap from anyone, and that means Seth Rollins, uh, and he calls him out. And this was a much more serious riddle in his delivery. And Rollins comes out. The officials are trying to stop him, but he makes his way down to the ring and then he proceeds to just take out riddle with a stomp. And the crowd's humming his theme song again. So no sympathy here for riddle as he got his head bashed in for the second time in a week. And um, that was it. Kind of called his bluff and Rollins answered. So you know, no surprise opponent for Rollins, like nothing like that. They they strictly. I think they're just holding off this match. Like I think they they realized that you know maybe they timed out the show and or they felt like you know Wales needs a bigger match and why are we doing this now?
0: Well, couldn't have been a timing issue. They could have easily scrapped this segment as well as the Drew segment if they wanted to fit something in. I I, I consider it an interesting philosophical change because in the past I think they would have burned this. First match together here, and then they would have just had some bullshit finish to get to the rematch at Clash of the Castle if they wanted to, to you know, have this yeah. match at Clash of the, Clash of the Castle. Well,
1: they they obviously felt like well, let's we don't want this match this Sunday so or Saturday, mm. so we want it for next month. So I love why, it. Why do it here?
0: I I hope this is an indicator that we're going to see far less rematches in this new regime than than we have in the past, Um, because
1: I, I think my- it's almost inevitable that like there there's. To me, I just don't think you can continue. Like, it was almost laughable. Like, you literally had the New Day making jokes about it on television, Mm -hmm. about how you're just stuck in place doing the same matches every week. Like, I just don't think you would actively have to decide that we're just going to do rematch after rematch after rematch to replicate what they're inheriting here. It's like there's so many places of just instant improvement by just doing the bare minimum
0: all you're doing is i mean it's so transparent what they attempt to do they're trying to you know get your audience to pay attention here we're going to do this match then you take out the finish so that you could just dangle the same carrot you know in front of us the, the next time around and it just all it does is make your audience pissed off and it downgrades the quality and the perception of quality of your product so hopefully like i much prefer this where they just took the match away completely even giving us a bullshit injury angle fine just don't give us the match and just give it to us when you're actually going to promise that it's going to be there.
1: Yeah. Like why did this show need to have a match that had some kind of non-finish or something that's going to going to get the opposite of the opener, something that makes the fans happy. Why are we going to actively put something on there? That's going to make the fans unhappy mm-hmm. when it doesn't need to, it's not like this is a big heavy heat angle. It's just, how do we get out of this match to prolong it another month? So let's yeah. just cut out the, the middle Liv Liv Morgan against Ronda Rousey for the SmackDown Women's Championship. This is where the attendance jumped by 5,000, according to Michael Cole. And they note that only Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch, and Liv Morgan have ever pinned Ronda Rousey. So Liv Morgan looking to uh, beat her twice in one month. So Liv early on hits a code breaker and goes for oblivion, but it's blocked. And Rousey, her whole strategy is getting Liv's arm and ripping it off. And Liv would constantly defend. She countered into a rings of Saturn, hit her with a crucifix bomb, and then Rousey just gives her this big judo throw, holds on to the arm. She's healing at the crowd, and then applies it as Liv reaches the rope. She then throws Liv, reapplies it, but again Liv is able to flip over and make it to the rope. And referee Dan Engler is asking Liv if he should stop the match. But she wants to continue. The trainer's checking on her. Cole's yelling. She's got one arm to try and beat Ronda Rousey with. And Rousey goes into the corner, flying head scissors into an arm bar. And she's got the arm bar off her back with her shoulders down. And the referee counts her shoulders down in 4 minutes and 35 seconds. This was the Daniel pewter Kurt Angle finish. Where this was for those that were not watching at the time in in 2004 they did a tough enough segment where Kurt Angle challenged any of them to come in and basically have like like a grapp like a legit grappling match with him on on television and they uh, they got Daniel Pewter and Pewter who was a guy that like was training with like. AKA at the time and with Frank Shamrock, like knew what he was doing. And he, he went and like got a key lock on Kurt angle. On. Yeah. And he's got the Kimura applied and Jimmy Corderas is like just thinking on his feet and sees that pewter's arms are, or shoulders are down. So he counts three to pretty much save Kurt angle here because Kurt was going to have to tap out. Like this thing was locked.
0: And he was not um, going to tap.
1: It probably would have like torn his arm Mm -hmm. Um, would would have been the, would have been the other option here, but this was the finish and they used it all like 18 years later.
0: I I think logical when you're, you know, talking about somebody with a, with an arm bar as a, as a finish. Right. Um, but sure. Yeah. Um, what a ridiculous idea that was just, you know, you reminding us about that whole ridiculous tough enough thing. And, um, Anyway, that that, that that is the stuff of legend. Maybe we'll see covered in the doc, uh, A&E <laughs> special.
1: It'd be interesting if, if they Daniel. covered that. It was like Daniel Pewter really I, Daniel. ran with that. And yeah. and at one time, like when, when Kurt left WWE and people didn't know about him going to TNA, that was the fight that Dana White was trying to put together. It was like getting Kurt to come to the UFC and he would fight Daniel Pewter. I might still have my I hurt Kurt. Uh, shirt somewhere that he gave to a bunch of us. I probably have one, too, that he sent to a bunch of us, yes. I hurt hurt. Kurt. Anyway, back to this match. (laughs) Yeah, so that all said, this was was very poorly received by people. Mm -hmm. Michael Cole called it a bad call, and then afterwards, Rousey attacks Liv Morgan, reapplying the armbar, and then throws Dan Engler and puts him in the armbar, and the idea here is that Liv escaped with the title, but she was totally dominated by ronda rousey in some ways this was kind of built up very similar to the uh the juliana pena amanda nunez fight tonight a little different but nonetheless that was uh, sort of the idea um did you watch the, how much of the ufc have you seen i i saw nothing i was watching this all night so i haven't right, seen any fair. of it i've got the results though
0: we will have a post show tomorrow though
1: yes so. sunday at two eastern phil chair talk and eric marcotte will have a full post show um Yes, which, I mean, tonight, Amanda Nunez regained the title in the main event. They went five rounds. Back to this match. Okay, back to <laughs> this match. Yeah. Um, yeah, people like hated this, it it, it seemed like. Um, I did not hate this. I could see it was a certainly a groan-inducing finish. And th- to me, though, it was extending the story of what they had already said. And you can certainly argue it's not been the most flattering story for Liv, that she's this mm-hmm. undeserving champion that has now twice pretty much lucked into leaving as champion um, and that Ronda Rousey people still view as the better of the two, which to me can pay off if Liv finally gets her big win over Ronda Rousey. But I never expected them to do that here. In fact, I was thinking Rousey would win back the title here and that would kind of cement her as a heel. But what, what did you think about this and and how it was uh, handled?
0: Well, going back to what we were just talking about about them not putting Rollins versus Riddle on this show, uh, potentially for fear of just giving us a bullshit finish to get to a rematch, I feel like that's exactly what they did here. I mean, not to say this was that much of a bullshit finish, okay? Because it's 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 one that is is very credible. You know, it can occur in real life. Like I I can buy it. Um. But if this it is it their was way designed
1: of- certainly to protect Rhonda, but not take the title off Liv.
0: Yeah, yeah. And if this is their way of getting to a rematch, I, I, I groan at that because um, is my interest increased for a rematch coming off of this? The answer is no. This match had Lib Morgan do nothing to show me that she deserves any of my um, – mm, uh, Support. Support support for for wanting to cheer for her as a baby face. Mm-hmm. She was decimated in this match mm-hmm. by Ronda Rousey and it only bolsters her perception as a paper champion coming off of money in the bank. This is the problem they have with a good like majority of their money in the bank winners. Austin Theory is going to go through the same thing whenever he gets the title by, you know, bullshit means if he gets the title at this point. Um it's just like it it is disappointing and I think so much of of your expectations john uh, or maybe your your viewing of this as um something that's maybe a bit more positive is the hope that Liv morgan ultimately gets that story i'm not as optimistic you know i don't think over the course of a month they're going to suddenly have Liv morgan rack up so many wins and gain so much in experience that she's going to be competitive with ronda rousey i think the next time around she's she's likely to well, well, I'll, t- I'll tell you this ant. as
1: well, Way. Cool. like if you're coming out of this and Rhonda, if you view this as her heel turn at the end of this mm-hmm. and you're building to another match, I don't think I'd be advocating for Rhonda to lose her first big match as a heel either. So yeah. she beating Liv, that to me is kind of now you've set the pieces where that's where as a fan you write off Liv at that point and that's mm. you don't you don't take her seriously anymore so they may have backed themselves into a corner here where it's either you have a solid heel in ronda rousey or you have Liv that you kind of have to take the title off of and then it's she really becomes this forgettable champion that had a joke of a reign that backdoored her way into winning the title and then found <laughs> lightning struck twice and she was able to re- retain the title once
0: yeah and at that point she would become no better than a nikki ash you know who in a year's time we've completely forgotten used to be a former champion um this to me hints towards unfortunately that that pattern Mm. and um she was given nothing here you know i thought this was going to be an opportunity to show that she would at least be somewhat competent she she'd somehow be able to use some sort of skill and smarts to perhaps actually get some sort of credible even if, albeit a bit fluky, win over Ronda. But they gave her no offense whatsoever. She did show toughness and a refusal to, to to tap, I suppose. But it was not enough. And judging by this crowd reaction, that was the, the most concerning part of all. You know, Liv Morgan, who I think somebody... Going back to Money in the Bank, everybody was so incredibly happy and in wanting her to, to win that. In this match, crowd was not into her at all. She got no support. Um, and... I, I think for
1: me at least a big part of that is because they've given her zero credibility. Well maybe on SmackDown we're gonna see Liv Morgan call up a now fellow champion and she's gonna rely on Amanda Nunez for some strategy. That would be the way to do it. To yeah. fight Ronda in the third in the third match. We'll mm-hmm. see. I I like Ronda in this more aggressive heel role i think it's Mm. so much better suited for her at this point i would like them to continue this direction i saw that as a positive and to be quite honest if they're not going to go with live then yeah put the title on the person that you are pushing the most and if that's ronda as a heel that might be a lot more interesting you've just you know granted it's on the raw side but there's a lot of baby faces that ronda can work with um that you can mix and match.
0: There's no doubt, but come WrestleMania or even like R- Royal Rumble, you're going to default back to Ronda Rousey. She's going to be in one of those headlining matches simply because well, she's they've going turned to- Becky now. Oh.
1: Like that to me, that totally mm-hmm. aligns. Like on the same night that Becky turns babyface, we pretty much see Ronda turn heel, which are the roles they should be in for that match next year.
0: Agreed. But the disappointment is that by that point, you would have wasted whatever organic interest there would have been in potentially ascending Liv morgan to a becky lynch level Mm -hmm. to a sasha level you know to even i don't know they they
1: they definitely had something with Liv. they've had it for months that you could see the audience wanted to get behind her and money in the bank they did um i i i am still remaining optimistic because this this is a test of this new creative direction if this was two months ago i think i'd be much more in your camp that this was a disaster and i've given up on Liv because there's no coming back from this. Honestly, Um, it's even tougher
0: now because uh, Liv Morgan was never a Triple H like candidate, or at least of course she came through the system, but she was never being being given a prime role in the NXT women's division. She was certainly never being even considered for a championship run, especially now when you have people like, you you know, Yoshirai Bailey back in here, potentially Naomi and potentially Sasha even coming back. Well, where does that? Leave? Well,
1: we'll see. We'll see, right? Because they very easily could have come in with that idea that if hey, we don't have anything, Liv Morgan wasn't our choice. Let's we're turning Ronda. Let's get the belt back on Ronda and start from scratch. They didn't yeah. do that. So yeah, that's true. Th- this follow up will be one to watch for sure. Mm-hmm. <sighs> and then uh, Mayor Kane was uh, brought into the ring to announce the attendance of forty eight thousand four hundred forty nine, uh, and he was not met uh, positively.
0: I couldn't really tell. Like, it seemed like the live reaction was positive for him. Was it not?
1: Oh, I was on Twitter. Oh, um, yeah. No, no. Where the man has made uh, quite the spectacle of himself uh, Mm -hmm. routinely. So I don't think there's any sympathy there. Main event time. I don't even know how we're going to run through this. Roman Reigns against Brock Lesnar in the most insane WWE spectacle that they have maybe ever produced a last man standing match for the undisputed universal championship reigns and the bloodline make their entrance. And then Lesnar comes out and he walks over by the, by the entrance area. And he, this happens to be a tractor just, just in case you never know when you might need a tractor. Um, and you leave the keys in for the guy to be able to commandeer. So he puts on his flannel shirt and drives the tractor up to the ring, and then he climbs into the loader and then cuts off Mike Rome so he can do his own introduction as a big-ass country boy here to kick Roman Reigns' ass. And then Le- Lesnar leaps out of the loader onto Reigns to start the match, and that definitely did set the tone. The visual from the moment that we
0: saw this guy, first of all, put, like drive the tractor... And then get on top of it as they're doing the in-ring introductions with Paul, like with Brock Lesnar standing in the scoop of the tractor. It was incredible; like it really was. This everything
1: was like, about this was the visual
0: of it. Yeah, completely. Like there were just and 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 Brock Lesnar's, you know, pretty. Um, I would
1: say pretty good tractor driving skills. I, I I was impressed, dude. There there was no one on this show who had a greater level of trust in his colleague than Roman Reigns. Yeah, nowhere close. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So we, we we will get into all of this. So it begins. Um. That they fight into the crowd. They go onto the staging area by a metal truss. Lesnar gets. Uh. Lesnar leaps. Onto the barricade on the way back. And he slips and does a quick recovery. And nails uh, Reigns with German suplexes on the floor. Sets up a table. And then Heyman is begging off. Telling Lesnar I've always loved you. And it leads to Reigns hitting him with a Samoan drop through a table. And then chokeslams Lesnar through another table. Hits him with a pair of Superman punches and a spear. But Lesnar gets to his feet. And Lesnar goes back to the tractor. Lowers the loader. And blasts Reigns uh, with, with, the, with, uh, with, with the steps. He's then using part of the table as a weapon. Reigns gets up. He tosses Reigns into the loader. He then lifts the loader up and dumps Reigns into the ring. And this part was... I thought this part was nuts. I mean, it was yeah. a relatively routine little pratfall <laughs> for Roman Reigns. Like, it's not this big fall. But, dude, at the same time, it's like... These guys are not stuntmen and it's like what what could have potentially gone wrong? You oh, know what I mean?
0: To, just to see a human in this like, you know, like
1: monstrous piece of heavy machinery and, and, and just like see. What if him, something goes wrong? He just jams something. It's like well, and this is before we get to the part where he's like he's elevating objects
0: like, I know, I know. Like, again, it takes an incredible amount of trust, I'm sure, in Brock Lesnar. I, I really wonder what sort of like uh, rehearsal they could have gone through for this particular match, because a lot of these spots, you only had one take for like one one in particular, of course. Um, So it was crazy.
1: Yeah. So he dumps Lesnar into the ring. Uh, fr- from the loader and then proceeds with more Germans and an F5, but Reigns gets up. He goes for the guillotine. Lesnar turns it into his own. Reigns is up, and then Lesnar gets into the tractor again, and this time he lowers it, and he starts to shift the ring over. Cole and Graves are screaming because the ring is literally coming towards them. It's, it's moved across the floor, and l- then he uses the loader to tip the ring up it elevates off of the floor reigns is in the ring and he rolls out this was fucking crazy it was the most the the
0: craziest visual i i have ever seen um of of a professional wrestling
1: ring in this state this this being roman reigns a man who made the determination this workplace is not safe right now during this pandemic i'm going home how about we get Brock 15 minutes into a match to lift up a ring. You're going to be in it and you're just going to tumble down to the floor. I'm sure it'll go great. And listen, it looks like it went fine, but d- dude, this was a, an ungodly amount of ambition and yeah. trust and I I I wasn't necessarily comfortable watching this. Like it looks like everything went fine. There were no hiccups in all of this, but my god, it, like you're doing this live. These yeah. are untrained stuntmen and you're doing pretty much like a movie scene here a pretty mm-hmm. advanced one
0: completely yeah i would love to know how this was suggested
1: <laughs> you had how? fans at ringside here like yeah. it's just there's a lot of variables here Whoa, i mean
0: how is this walk through how how was this like determined to be safe? What sort of insurance people had to be around to dictate that this was okay and, and that you know you weren't putting other people's lives in danger by doing this? What production? Well, well they consulted what? the mayor of Knox
1: County and said, "What would we be facing?" Ah, oh, just go you for want. it. No. Here's it's your right. You can do you can do whatever you want. Your freedom, your freedom, freedom. Yeah, whatever. Like anyone who tells you no is showing weakness. That's it um <laughs> we got a bit like the left <laughs> so um dude this was, was nuts amazing, like this dude. was like an all-time unbelievable spectacle i mean it's just it's one of those visuals that people will always associate with uh brock uh, lesnar and roman reigns i i tweeted this out earlier but
0: like you know we 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 complain a lot about production in the wwe particularly overproduction when it comes to you know shit like crazy camera cuts cameras in places that don't there doesn't need to be cameras uh special vr graphics you know for xia lee coming out um that might look a little bit cool but then just feels completely like ridiculous after a few weeks uh birds coming out of riddle shoes when they pull put their resources and their budget into spots like this instead of fucked up weird shit like sound effects and all that this is when this show is great. This is when this company is great. You know, stuff like the beer truck, stuff like the milk truck, stuff like any former truck. Uh, this company tends to do pretty well. And this
1: was a different level though. Different I mean, level, yeah. like, like go back seriously and watch as this ring, the elevation it gets. And Roman, like he has no control on where his body is going. What is going to land on the floor? Like he oh. is just crossing his fingers that I'm going to have an, a, a safe role down this ring to the floor uninterrupted and i mean it was i just i cannot imagine pitching this to this guy
0: and and just like how much trust do you have brock lesnar you have do you have in brock lesnar like using this heavy piece of machinery and evidently a whole lot because a man man who's been
1: known on live television (laughs) to out of frustration fucking chuck a car door into the audience well, it's that wild unpredictability that comes with Brock Lesnar that really makes
0: him so special yeah. as a live performer beyond just his incredible size and charisma. It's, it's just like what he's able to do with it. And, and in this case, it had nothing to do with his size. It's just, just strictly his craziness. The man is crazy. And you know what? In this case, was he able to execute that craziness flawlessly, I would say, in, in, in one of the craziest, best-looking stunts I've ever seen in this company.
1: I, I can't remember where where I read it, but the, someone was joking like it was how they got him back to SmackDown last week. They bought him a tractor. He gets to what? take his home. <laughs> it was a <laughs> joke, but I mean, yeah, that's I was hilarious. Like, <laughs>
0: that is great. Anyways, he gets to
1: arrive. Imagine like him like riding at home on the highway. He just, just drives us from Nashville to Saskatchewan. To <laughs> checks it at the border. So it's just an unbelievable spectacle. And to, if you did not see this visual, like yeah, you will certainly see it. I mean, if they put this. This highlight on on YouTube, just like the thumbnail, this will be Oh, just the still shot of exactly.
0: Yeah, crazy.
1: The Usos are out. Paul Heyman gives him the title, Lesnar, the title telling him, just leave, just, just leave my tribal chief alone. And this leads to Heyman taking an F5 through the desk and then Reigns spears Lesnar. Both men are down and Theory's music hits. He runs down. Cole is noting the precedent that Seth Rollins set and he blasts Reigns with the briefcase, but then Lesnar F5's theory on the floor. And that's That's the end of Theory. So he teased the cash-in, but didn't actually cash-in. The Usos superkick Lesnar. Lesnar's up at nine. There's a spear by Reigns dropping Lesnar on top of the titles. Again, he beats the count. The crowd is all with this. Then Reigns destroys Lesnar using Theory's briefcase. Michael Cole is, if he does not have laryngitis after this event, nothing will. He was just, fuck my voice. I'm going to give the call of my lifetime here.
0: There's been a lot of discussion. I mean, once, you know, the whole Vince thing was announced, there was a lot of increased interest in how that would affect the commentary team. Did you notice any difference to you about the calls
1: tonight? Um, it definitely felt like Michael Cole and maybe it's reading into it. He definitely had a looser feel. I mean, in this match, he's yelling out, God damn, he's mm. he's joking about wanting to go out drinking with Corey Graves last night. But Corey's at home sleeping. Um. It, it there certainly was like a looseness, and I I cannot fathom that Michael Cole doesn't feel like the weight of the world is out of his ears.
0: Mm, mm-hmm.
1: Like how how could you yes. not feel that to to go from what you, it's been twenty five years of this guy used to this, and Boy, now this it's, I imagine it's like phantom phantom, like white phantom noise Vince. probably. It's like yeah, it's he probably
0: hears, he probably like wakes up at night hearing you know, god damn it, say new and vicious. <laughs>
1: Don't you dare say belt. Uh, Reigns, we could just go on and on about this. So (laughs) Reigns continues to get up. Cole's yelling, he's bionic or something. And finally, Reigns says, never come back. You're not welcome here as he hits him with the universal title and they bury Lesnar underneath chairs, the desk, steps, and Reigns stands on top of all this debris. They're yelling that Lesnar can't breathe and Reigns wins the match in 22 minutes and 56 seconds. And Lesnar eventually rolls out of the, uh, all of this that he's buried underneath. Cole's yelling he's not human. The Usos carry Paul Heyman out. Dude, Paul Heyman was just. Fantastic to watch here. This man was down for like a count of a thousand. And then Reigns is just walking away unassisted. And the final shot is Reigns putting his two belts up. This crazy pyro and fireworks goes off. I think all those unvested shares that Vince had to turn over, that $2.7 million went into this pyro display at the end of this show. And Michael Cole calling it probably the greatest last man standing match ever. And that concluded SummerSlam at three hours and 40 minutes.
0: It was a crazy fucking match. Um, craziest last man standing match I've ever seen. And I would probably agree with Michael Cole. I don't think there was much hyperbole in that statement. It it probably was the best last man standing match that I've ever seen. What What else would be a candidate
1: in your mind? there's been it's a list worth going through because there have been some great ones in wwe like they are very good at laying out these matches whether it sticks it's up to you right now Cena in umaga comes to mind for me that that happened was um, it this good yeah I, I have to go like listen this to me was i have a weird time calling this like an all-time great match this was like such a spectacle is like the best word for it what
0: is a match but
1: like well that's what that's what this was listen this this was phenomenal to to watch like this to me is going to be an all-time remembered match um and and maybe there will be some people that at the end of the year this is going to be one of their favorite matches of all time maybe
0: you're right it is a hard one to judge especially for i think the hardcore wrestling fan who i think traditionally it tends to favor work rate this was not a work rate match this was a spectacle match but were you- Th- how this
1: was, was a jerry bruckheimer film okay it's yes. not winning the oscar but yeah. my god was it two hours of explosions and and crazy effects and mm-hmm. cgi yes and it was phenomenal it was like the the top gun of of insane last man standing matches we have seen Brock
0: versus Roman for what feels like a million times by this point. And, and they've what, ended on the greatest note possible. Well, what sort, of, what sort of wrinkle were they going to add to this one to make it different from all the others? And remember, this was not... And going they were the coming plan. off a
1: really a really lackluster one at WrestleMania, I felt. What was the original plan for this before Brock? Orton, right?
0: Yeah, it was Orton yeah god i can't i can't imagine what that would have been like uh, you know anyway com- in comparison to this at least
1: so anyway they hey, they hey were- randy r- remember a couple of years ago at SummerSlam, we asked brock to like drill your forehead open well this time we want to use a uh i know it would be roman that he would be yeah. facing not brock but it's like we want to use a a tractor and <laughs> dump you into the ring we're gonna we're gonna lift the ring up with you in it
0: better yet put randy in the tractor
1: see how that goes oh okay. god <laughs> um But, you know, like,
0: what were they going to do to make this one different from the rest? Turns out a tractor was the answer, okay? You throw a tractor in between these two and you're going to end up with a completely different match. And really, I'm joking, but, like, it turns out the last man standing stipulation ended up being a really great way to take, you know, the sort of explosive spamming finishers type of, like, style that these two had developed up up until this point and, and somehow turn that into... You know, something that was a bit more paced, but still built drama, but also gave you an excuse to continue to one up the ridiculousness of these finishers to the point we're using vehicles now. You know, we're we're tipping rings over (laughs) we're just like throwing every crazy idea we have in there. But the key and and I think the thing that deserves the most respect was the like the, the 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 perfect execution. Of these tremendously dangerous stunts.
1: Oh, that's a factor. There was a lot of danger. There was a high danger quotient in this match, and mm-hmm. it's. I, I don't really want to see people watch this and be inspired. That's like we have to top this. I like.
0: I don't I, know I how do... somebody would. It would take a great deal of money. No independent wrestling promotion is just gonna. I would hope not that they that they would just hire a tractor to try shit like this.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, it's like you 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 introduce this stuff much like you know w- when. People that grew up and saw mankind dive off the cell, and it was like you have to top it, and you you've got Shane diving off of cells.
0: See, this requires money, though. You know, like how many times have we seen like them do the WWE? They constantly do that, or a few times they've done the ring collapsing involving Brock in Big Show the first time. How many indies have been able to replicate that? Some things you just can't do unless. Well, I'm
1: not, I, I'm 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 talking even like in WWE uh, of doing more stuff like this. I just think right. like this this does open it, and you cannot deny this is probably what like 99 percent positive.ly received by people. It was like how could you not? Like this was an utter spectacle from start to finish, and and people are raving about this. And the natural becomes like it worked, and when something works in wrestling, you try to heighten it. It's true, yeah. And it's um, like th- th- these are like. These are humans. These are not stuntmen. And I always go back to that, uh, that Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Talk is Jericho show that they did, reflecting on that Hell in a Cell that they did with Shane McMahon and just like the inches that if they were off, like it's like we're not stuntmen and yet we're doing things that are like that would be abs. You would be, you would need to be licensed, that you would have to have qualifications to be able to pull off. And pro wrestlers are like, yeah, that's, that's, Something we come up with, and we're going to do it live in front of an audience. I will say though, I would take Brock Lesnar lifting me up while
0: I was in the middle of a ring, and me gently rolling over to the side. I would take that any day over jumping off of the Hell in a Cell.
1: Yeah, I, I, I will, I will push back a little on the term "gently," um, like it was. D- he dude, he was down. like he was rolling down and I know, c- yeah. could have like landed on his head for all we knew uh, on the bottom there. Listen, it it was it was tremendous, um, but it was also um, I, I'm glad everyone was OK by by the end of this whole thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, certainly. Um, I would love to know the behind the scenes. I know they don't really do that sort of thing in the WWE, but like, God, it, it, someday, you know, I I would love a a
1: and e will get the the rights to uh, this this rivals episode down the road. Yeah. Anyway, hell um, of a way to go out on this show. I I thought this was a really great show. Like, I give I give it a thumbs up show. I think it was a, a really well put together show. I think there's a lot of interest coming out of it. Not just for the, the changes that are going on but just as a show on its own like if this had happened um you know under like there was no creative changes i still think this was like a really positively received show the main event was spectacular um i i, I thought a lot on the show delivered not everything I, did but what didn't i still think got elevated by an overall opinion on the show that people were in a pretty good mood watching this show and they they just kind of took it all in as a really entertaining start to finish show depending on whatever variances there were on some of the matches a total thumbs up thumbs up
0: show for me and i think it was uh you know highlighted by two bookends that we'll probably end up end up remembering the most in you know a, a very good opening match between Bianca Beller and, and, and Becky Lynch worthy of I think being compared to in your opinion John better than the Wrestlemania match uh, but more importantly giving you tremendous hope and surprise with the closing angle involving those three returns slash debuts and uh just you know future direction and future optimism for this women's division that has been centered around you know a few principal players for far too long and then ending with one of the most spectacular things i've ever seen in this television show um you can't like those two things alone i think would be enough but then the middle of the show i thought was very entertaining as well you can argue about the build we we, we're always disappointed in, in the build um but I, I if, if, if the wrestling content is good, I tend to forget a whole lot of it. And history will as well. Logan Paul, I thought, put in a tremendous performance. Um, Pat McAfee, not the cleanest match, but crowd response was very good for it. Everything else was good to inoffensive, with the exception of maybe Liv Morgan versus Ronda Rousey, which to me was the weakest point of the show, because I don't think they achieved their aim of generating more interest in in a rematch between the two. I just certainly don't think it did Le Morgan any favors, but of course it did set up a Ronda Rousey heel turn, which will be very important.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that it was, uh, when you're talking about that match, um, you know, that the weakest stuff that you could say on the show, like theory and Lashley was just what it was, but I mean that match and the Ronda live match, you're talking under five minutes um, that those matches uh, took place. So I think it's not going to be as, as big of a detriment to, to some, but yeah, I would say that would be maybe on the low side with the, uh, the Rousey live. Um, I I wasn't as big into uh, the McAfee Corn match, but to your point, like it, it got over with the audience and that ultimately is what you are aiming for. So yeah, it was a thumbs up show. I think that uh, a lot of people were very high on the show and rightfully so.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Well, at this point, we we are going to say goodbye to John and I'm going to say goodbye to John because this will be the last show that I'm doing with him for quite a while because I'm off to my paternity leave after tonight. So, John, thank you ahead of time for uh, the incredible amount of work you're about to embark on as you yes. continue to embark on. Uh, every single day on the site. And uh, I want to thank everybody in advance who will be joining us, um, you know, in my place uh, throughout a number of our shows. What else is coming up this week?
1: Uh, I'll be back Sunday night with Karen Peterson. We're doing a G1 podcast show. So look out for that postwrestlingcafe.com. It is a new month coming up. So uh, we will be covering the G1 right through the ending on uh, August the 18th. And then Monday night, I am back with Andrew Thompson for Rewind to Raw. So you can look forward to that over the next uh, two nights. And away. Uh, I'll chat with you in a month. See you later. All right, everybody, just me and
0: you and the feedback. So at this point, if you're a double double ice cap or a special patron, uh, you should have the link to call in and you can get your thoughts on the show. You can also send in a super chat if you would like me to read it. and. This show comes to us sponsored not only by our post-wrestling cafe patrons, by Simon, Todd, Uncle D from the Cho, who sends $20 as well as two other $5 super chats, mainly asking about the UFC. And that's why I asked John if he'd seen the UFC. He had not. So I'm not going to read those ones, but I will read this one. This is Uncle D from the Cho. Congrats the way and welcome back, John. How did the OSHA allow this match? Vince forever. That, of course, being the Occupational Safety and Health Administration, I have no idea. I would love to know. Um part of me wonders um how much how much uh clearance uh was, was necessarily had for a uh, man lifting a wrestling ring with a forklift. Thank you for mu- so much for the support, Uncle D from the show. And uh we'd love hearing from you as always. Let's go to a first call here. We got a Hanzi.
3: Hanzi, welcome
0: going- to the show. It's what's just me and you. On?
3: What's going on? I don't, dude, man, what the call this like, I, I well for while, I, I hope John is you know uh like, you know, Gary himself up for a month, man. I know that guy deals with it a lot, so I, I, all the power to him and all that. But um, I, I got to say, man, this show absolutely sucked. No, I'm joking. No, no, this show was uh, – it was pretty good. Like, thing is, like, I, I was not looking forward to this show at all because of the build. But, I, but like, like, I always state when these pay per happen that if you watch it as a one-off, these shows are always, like, amazing. So if you're someone that watches this one-off a month, you probably don't even think that WWE is, like, that bad, like, as everyone says, because you're not watching it weekly. I just hope the follow-up, like, this is always the case. Like, the the, the show's good. I hope the follow-up is good. But I actually, there's things to look forward to with Io Shirai or Io Sky and uh, I, like that was a really pleasant, pleasant surprise. I, I would say that the best matches were probably the opening match, and I thought the. Uh... I thought the main event was probably like really 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 good. Um, probably the second best Roman Reigns, and uh, I still I still lean towards the first match they had at WrestleMania 31 as being like the, one of their best. I I know people were hating on that one, and people always kind of like dismiss it, but I I think if you go back and watch that one, that one's actually like. One of their best ones that they've ever done. And I gotta say, like, I've never really been a fan of a lot of their matches. They, they've reached the Austin and Iron Taker level. I never really thought Iron Taker and Austin had never been strong together uh, in mm-hmm. matches, it, 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 right? So I thought this was really, really amazing. I, I, I noticed in the beginning, even that, like, like, that the Raw commentary team. We're like, like we're like. I thought it was like Excalibur in these guys because they're actually naming moves. Like, they, I never really heard them often name moves and all that kind of stuff. And you know, I just thought it was. Um, I I just thought it was a, a really really good pay per view. And I I, I just want to say what the call before I go away. What the call the? Uh, I'm gonna miss you for a month, bro. Um, congratulations on everything. You're going to be a good father. I mean, I, you, you and your wife, I met her one time. You guys are going to be great parents. So all the best to you, man. And uh, just don't worry about this wrestling shit. And I, I promise if Pollock's watching later on, I I won't I won't bother Pollock too much or anything like that. So uh, wait, take care, bro. And I'm going to miss you, man. Peace out.
0: Thank you so much Hanzi. I'll, I'll miss the uh, constant calls from you as well. And uh don't don't worry like Pollock will will be more than happy I, I'm sure to to speak with you as as well all of our uh, guest hosts I'm sure. Uh a constant presence that we we enjoy in the show Hanzi. So thank you for that. Take it easy bro. Yeah man. Um yeah, you know, like uh, Hanzi brought up a lot of the uh, possible changes here with the commentary team and so much of it I don't know if it's just because I've learned to tune out uh wrestling commentary, at least WWE commentary for the most part, but it's not something I'm necessarily paying attention to to see if there are differences or not. So maybe that's something um, you know, I will do like you know in in, in the weeks ahead, especially when I come back a, a full month from now to notice if there's any discernible differences. Um some of it is is relatively subtle that I I don't know how much of us can can really figure out um until maybe something you know something happens or, or something is said that that is that much more of a special case so um in roman reigns versus brock lesnar is a match that we have certainly seen a whole lot of and that is why the today's iteration was so much more impressive to me because they managed to find a different wrinkle it's one thing to like have a first match be very impressive but it's another when you've already seen the match a number of times to make it fresh again and, and to reinvent it somehow. And they 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 managed to do that with this stipulation uh, because they took the ridiculousness and the incredible feats of production to a different level. So thank you for that, Hansi. We uh, get a super chat here from Slim Sieber, who sends $5. Thank you, Slim Sieber, for the super chat. He says, love to post. Early congrats on the new arrival way. Enjoy your paternity leave. Thank you so much for that, Slim. Much appreciated. At this point, we go to forum.postwrestling.com where all of our patrons get a chance to leave their feedback to uh, any of our shows that we do live here. So th- first, we go to Manny from Pacoma, who says, first things first, I can't believe I drink the same type of water as the maximum male models. SummerSlam was really good. The stadiums make the shows feel bigger and important. The main event was a spectacle, and I give props to those involved in putting the match together as, a, as it was a very fun watch. Michael Cole pleading the ref to count faster added to the match. Brock lifting the ring was bonkers. And towards the end of the match, the crowd was completely behind Brock as he kept beating the count over and over. The Raw women's Settle match was great as well. And from the conclusion came a face turn and three returns, adding more breadth to the women's division. Edge returned and looked like a rock star. I give SummerSlam an 8, eight out of 10. Lastly, Wade, enjoy your time off and congratulations once, once again. I can't wait for the mysterious vignettes to start airing during the review show signaling your return. Just don't heal turn heel on John. Yeah, we're, we're getting those ready right now. I've been, uh, you know, getting, uh, my red leather jacket ready. I'm slicking back my hair, um growing it out and then cutting it short. And then, uh, you know, uh, spraying down an alleyway so I can walk through with, um, various props, uh, representing various people of, uh, the post wrestling universe. So thank you so much for that, Manny. Uh, Okay, (laughs) review a stank says, as somebody who always hates on WWE because it consistently insults the intelligence of fans and is loaded with bad childish humor, I've taken to Waze advice from months ago of strictly just watching PLEs. This event had my interest because like most people, I love the Triple H NXT takeovers. They were can't miss. I don't feel like I wasted my time tonight and I actually look forward to the next one. Not everything landed, but it doesn't have to. It just has to make sense. I saw three or four visuals in the main event that actually made me laugh pretty hard and Logan Paul was simply incredible. I almost fear that Logan is too good and they're going to load up on celebrities now. Thinking more is better. I actually chose to stay home and watch this over Meeting Friends for UFC, which is rare, but like we say for AEW, they have earned the fans' trust. In my eyes, WWE did a pretty good job of earning back mine tonight. Not enough to watch the TV, but enough for me to log on here tonight and give credit where credit is due. Thanks, guys. Thank you for that uh, review A Stank. Um, I... I think it, again, was incredibly important that this show under what is perceived to be a new regime, even though Triple H is, you know, finishing up a lot of Vince storylines, it was so important for them to deliver um, just to kind of build on that optimism that, you know, a lot of people went into Monday with and were disappointed by. This was going to be the most viewed thing, you know, that Triple H would have been a part of since technically taking control of of the show over the past month and or sorry over the past week and. It had to be good because if this was bad, um, I, I think you would have just further weathered whatever goodwill you you might have built up from from this renewed optimism. So, the raw rating tomorrow should be really interesting because do a lot of people come out from the good good um response to the show with, with with renewed interest? um, Certainly in the women's division, but you know maybe maybe how do they follow up the main event scene? I, I suppose you're going to get Drew. But like, you know, like, is there renewed interest? Uh, I think the rating will be really interesting to see. So thank you very much for that. We got a scrump who says this is my first time watching a WWE show from beginning to end since whichever night of mania that bad bunny wrestled on. And I only tuned in as I saw the reinvigoration of the raw women's division. And I felt like the show might be worth the watch. It wasn't. None of the matches interested me or kept my attention. I just don't get what people see about Pat McAfee, and the main event had too corny of a finish for me to even semi-enjoy. Most people will disagree, and that's fine, as I've not enjoyed main roster WWE since SmackDown was on fire post the last brand split. WWE is at its best when you two recap it in an hour to an hour and a half. Hopefully, Triple H can make enough changes to where I can make time to watch their weekly shows again. Uh, All right, so... Yeah, I mean, it's not still going to be for everybody. Um, and you know, I get a good sense of like who you know what Scrum, what you're what you're into, you know, from of course like reading your feedback all these years and this sort of spectacle laden production um is is not going to capture the interest of, of everybody. Um I will say, you know, hearkening back to like the highlights of the attitude era, I mean, that was certainly a, a time of a lot more spectacle in their production than it was in ring content and those are the memories that i think a lot of us leave with and i would say there's an expectation for wwe to focus not just on in-ring content but to to do crazy shit like this from time to time and more often than not in the trying to do crazy shit they've really struck out you know they've like they've they've tried crazy stuff and it just like it's crazy stuff in the worst ways you know like i don't know some some goofy ass like zombie thing or like uh lashley sisters or just whatever like a live sex celebration you know just getting, get things to get people talking for all the wrong reasons tonight they tried some crazy shit and i thought they got people talking for the right reasons. so it's not for you for you and that's totally fine we got a john taylor who actually has a super chat here with ten dollars thank you so much john taylor who says enjoy your time with the family way you earned it wrestling related i noticed michael cole said wwe fans instead of mm-hmm. wwe universe how about that very interesting, if so, uh we also have Simon Todd, Uncle D from the show who says "Sends ten dollars for diapers. thank you so much <laughs> Simon, Uncle D um I appreciate that. We got a Felipe who sends a 20, 2, 2,500 Chilean peso super chat who says, "Have a great break time way, thanks for the great for thanks for being great. I had a great time tonight, ready for f one tomorrow, so I didn't completely get your message here uh Felipe, but Um, I will be talking to you about the Hungary Grand Prix tomorrow as well. So I'm looking forward to that whenever I I get time to watch it. We continue here with our feedback thread who said, we got a man from Tennessee who is actually in attendance. He says, I actually went to SummerSlam tonight. I'll try to keep this as brief as I can. I thought the show was a lot of fun as I've never been to a stadium show before match of the night for me was definitely Roman and Brock. And that was the most loud. The crowd was all night. Funniest moment of the night was whenever Logan came out, some dude yelled, fuck you lots of booze for logan but by the end i didn't hear any booze. and the biggest waste of time was for seth and riddle what the fuck was that anyway overall i really enjoyed myself hopefully it came across well on tv question how long till live loses the title turns heel and <laughs> blames us for the fans for the loss um i would say matt um if you know nikki ash or like any sort of other uh, paper champion is, is any indication it, it'd be relatively soon maybe as soon as clash at the castle if we're gonna get that rematch right away but although like With Ronda just turning heel, will we get Liv turning heel right away? Um, Possible. Possibly. Um, As for um, Seth and Riddle, um, maybe it was a bit of a waste of time. I think they wanted to maybe satisfy some of the audience who paid a ticket expecting to see both of those two and if they weren't going to get a match then at least you know a big pull apart some sort of appearance getting to a chance to chant you know sing along with Rollins's song was probably the most that they were willing to at, at least just a bit of a make good perhaps that's a sense I got And then we got a Chris Kent who says, good luck to you way on the next few weeks. You shall be missed. Thank you, Chris. As for tonight, the back-to-back news from Becky turning to EO walking out had me jump out of my seat in excitement. This is enough that I can't wait for Monday to see how the women's landscape plays out. The idea of EO versus Asuka in the near future gives me goosebumps. The one issue I had with the evening was surrounding Liv. Between the cash-in and not knowing full well she didn't win the match, she really is not portraying a face. And I have no idea why I should root for the girl who is clearly on a different level, yet somehow has managed to take advantage of the situation in order to win. Other than that, I'd say thumbs up show. Started really high, ended pretty high. Middle was as expected. Uh, I'm in total agreement with you, Chris. I didn't think the uh, match did Liv Morgan any favors as a babyface. What didn't add to it beyond that? It's one thing for Ronda Rousey to attack Liv Morgan. But then she went on and attacked the referee. And as we've learned from Becky Lynch, as we've learned from Charlotte, anytime you have somebody freak out and, you know, commit some sort of big act in, in the attempt to turn heel, they're going to get cheered. And that's what happened tonight. Like Rhonda left, you know, getting some applause and getting some cheers from her whooping around this, this referee. So I thought they took it a step too far. And um, again, didn't help, you know, what, lack of baby face traction Liv was getting out of the match anyway we got a brian from new jersey who says i thought this was a good show overall bookended by strong memorable moments i really like the opener and the battle lines drawn between with surprise returning names excited me main event was an incredible spectacle you could only collapse and cut open the ring so many times so it was time to tip it over i'm all for ronda going heel out of tonight and i'm guessing logan paul is the new shane mcmahon I'd say he's better than Shane at this point. I'm not really afraid to make that statement. Like he seems way more of an athlete and way more coordinated than Shane was. Shane can jump off of high things really well. Um, he could. And that's about it. Like, I I think Logan Paul's striking looks better. Like he's probably had, he certainly had more legi- I mean, The man, you know, was in an ex- exhibition belt with, with Floyd Mayweather, you know? So, um, let me know chat room. What you guys think like Logan Paul or Shay McMahon. Like who is, who's is the better one at this point? Uh, we go to a, another call, Jake, Jake, welcome to the show. Logan Paul or Shay McMahon. Who's better?
4: Uh, Logan, a <laughs> hundred, times anyway. So <laughs> Anyways, yeah, I just, I just uh, came back uh, from a friend's house. Uh, we we're watching uh SummerSlam together today and, um, uh, yeah, it was pretty good. I really enjoyed it. Um, I, I don't know if you guys mentioned it yet, but, uh, uh, considering how much we've seen from from Brocka today, and considering that how much we saw that report uh, from Brian Alvarez about what happened backstage with Brock, um, mm-hmm. yeah, do you think that this is going to be uh, uh, his days in the WWE might be numbered? In your opinion, <laughs>
0: sorry, is this a new report, or you mean what, what was coming out of last
4: last from week? last week? Yeah, or yeah, or because, are like, his days I mean- numbered?
0: No, not at all. Um, okay. Considering he first of all returned um, on Friday, and secondly um did so well tonight um i feel like coming out out of this show things are probably better than ever um with with brock lesnar and his relationship with with the wwe again i i i don't exactly know like what what went down with him backstage i don't know what his current relationship uh, what got him to come back what his current relationship is like with 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 vince or with the new regime but something tells me that um there's not enough reason for him to leave just because Vince isn't there because I don't see any change in their usage of Brock Lesnar if anything I can only see them using him better um and not booking him in perhaps in right. the same sort of stale situations you know
4: yeah i mean I, I mean i mean i was wondering about that because it did look like he was having fun tonight like you know he was he was having a hell of a time and yeah he, he was he was he was really enjoying himself so uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I, the stadium looked great, and I'm kind of interested on in what it will look like uh, next month uh, and a totally different crowd. I'm pretty excited with, pretty excited about the uh, the Wales crowd, uh, the UK crowd in general as well. So it's gonna be a completely different atmosphere. Um, I, I to be honest with you, I'm really looking forward to uh, Roman and Drew uh, coming up. Uh, so uh, yeah, I'm kind of really interested in how that's gonna look uh, next month uh, with another stadium show. So let's see what differences differences they'll make to keep it special with these you know we're having more of these stadium shows so it'll be interesting how they, how they're going to go along with that so well That's we know the crowd
0: we know the crowd will be incredibly hot for that show you know as like UK crowds always are and um i don't know if roman versus drew will be a match that will top my like you know i don't know if i'll be buzzing like this coming out of that particular ma- match um i but you know like it'll be a more um I think average or at least like it'll still be good. I'm sure as these two have, have had good matches before, sure. but like it won't be the spectacle, but that doesn't mean it won't be, you know, exciting in that um, you won't get a great entertaining show out of it. Because again, I think the crowd support will certainly be there. You might get a new mm-hmm. champion. That's, that's a prime spot for a title change. I would say.
4: Yeah, definitely do to that. just want to catch up with you one more time way. And thank you. So, thank you so much for the great work that you did. Um, especially in recently and all and all these years so uh really looking forward and really excited for you man for this new adventure uh with the family so really uh, bless your heart man so really proud of you and uh can't wait to uh, to we uh, talk again talk again in the future
0: <laughs> thank you jake thank you as uh, as always for contributing to the shows and and uh, always you know uh keeping up with us so much appreciated sweet thanks all right, let's continue here with the feedback. We got a muggin who says, "Of all the matches Reigns and Lesnar have had over seven years and three WrestleMania main events, this last main last man standing match was on the higher end of their catalog. It was a bonkers main event, and that tractor spot will be in every highlight package to the end of time. The Becky Bianca saga got the ending it deserved, and it was a real it was real cool seeing them gain respect for each other with a handshake. Perfect symmetry from last year, and it was another great match. And the Bailey return was tremendous, along with Io Shirai and Dakota. It's easily the high point of SummerSlam." Man, do I feel sorry for SmackDown. Liv Ronda paved the way for a heel turn for Rousey, and it was the right move. Usos profits didn't live up to their money in the back encounter, but it was still solid. The split will be heartbreaking. With this new regime change, can the bloodline face some adversity for once? We shall certainly see. And I wouldn't necessarily be so quick to, like, you know, shut the door on SmackDown just yet, because um, they chose to reinvigorate Raw tonight with new talent. They could very easily do the same for SmackDown. You know, there are free agents that are out there, um, two in particular, that I think a lot of people might have been expecting tonight. And um, what makes sense to, to bring back to SmackDown, if if that happens, you know, there are other names that are, of course, that are available out there. If they set the intention to renew and uh, reinvigorate, you know, something, uh, it, it's within their power. And you saw tonight, like in one swift, really five-minute segment, I, I have completely renewed my optimism for a raw women's division so um again they can easily do the same for smackdown so we shall continue to see and uh will the bloodline finally face some adversity um depends if you think drew mcintyre's adversity you know I, I i think there's a very good chance of a, t- of a title change a clash at the castle so um that would certainly be the biggest obstacle that you know the 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 group has faced and um they're a very strong unit, you know. And until there's like something better to to take it over, um, I I don't have a problem with them having all the titles. But yeah, I mugging. You're saying you know there's there's not enough strong competition. I I'd argue Brock was was like you know pretty strong tonight, but fresh competition maybe. Yeah, that that is a problem that they have to work on. They have to build new challenges. Uh, Bloodline versus Judgment Day at Survivor Series, please. God, that would not be strong competition, Albert. Um. The Judgment Day are n- n- like Rey Mysterio and Dominic are stronger than the Judgment Day. I mean, that should that should really be the feud at this point. Uh, OK, we got Nas who says thoroughly entertaining show. I loved it. Roman versus Brock over delivered by a mile. Best line of the night was Graves telling Michael Cole, I liked you better when you weren't allowed to have an opinion. I laughed so hard. The commentary was so good. You know, uh, I've really missed some of these lines. So maybe maybe you guys are right. Maybe there is a bit of difference because um, I've just kind of learned to tune them out. But thank you for uh, the the notes. And we're going to end things off tonight as we approach a two-hour broadcast and a lot of great feedback from you guys. But we're going to end with perhaps the most important and the greatest of all. We go to New Jersey. And Brandon, are you uh, here?
2: Yeah, what's up, man? Uh, (laughs) I see you doing solo. Uh, I I just wanted to shout out the show. Uh, I thought uh, this was the best show of the post mcmahon era that was phenomenal
0: <laughs> you mean the past best show in the past like 10 days
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i, I thought so uh i thought the women that uh, i thought that was pretty cool like all three of them came out like that uh uh like you said like you both said earlier like i mean they got they they're, they got storylines for the next year now like, i think that's pretty uh pretty incredible uh what what they got going on and uh the real
0: test is uh, obviously not just in them having the talent but in their booking that that is going to be the big question that we might start to get get to see answers for tomorrow night but they certainly have laid the
2: foundation for change and, and like you said like triple h uh his hallmark is uh how uh he really uh had a keen eye for the women's division in nxt mm-hmm. and uh I, i'm i'm curious to how like you just said, like how they're going to book the women's division, uh, for both, uh, we're not even call it brands and there's not going to be the the brand split or whatever, blah, blah, blah Mm -hmm. for both shows. Like curious how, what they're going to do with the women. Uh, uh, very, very optimistic. I think, I think, uh, they have a chance to, uh, right or wrong. And, uh, with their, with their blank canvas and, uh, and, and do good. Hopefully, uh, hopefully it, it turns out right. Uh, (laughs) <laughs> what they got going on uh
0: that's it That's
2: it. <laughs> oh it's <laughs> <that's all laughs> like I, a
0: very normal call from you yeah like, man uh, what uh, the hell? And,
2: uh <laughs> i i also want to uh give you a shout out i know we won't be here for you for a while and uh <laughs> i wish you You know that, how to
0: reach me uh yeah i i get i get the feeling i'll, I'll be hearing plenty from you
2: absolutely but uh i just want to wish you your wife and then the baby good health and Thank you uh, so much positive vibes. I'm out it. I
0: appreciate it. Thank you, Brandon. As always, always appreciate your contributions as as well as everybody uh, choosing to watch us right now on the YouTube. Thank you to to everybody who's been with us and has continued to stick with us even after the post daily news updates. John will be working his ass off. As will uh, everybody uh, who will be attached to the site you know especially people like uh, Andrew Thompson who will continue to bust their ass 24/7 there are going to be so many people that are be be helping out and continue to help throughout, throughout um uh, everything that we do at post wrestling uh, almost too numerous to mention so uh, I encourage you guys to check out all the content and to uh, s- uh, send your feedback to them because um we like it always helps it's always nice to know that people are listening you know, first and foremost. So I read every piece of feedback, like every, every comment that you guys leave there, even if it's not very nice, I will at least read it. And I'm at least grateful that people are paying attention. So I I will say like, if you're just, you know, out there, and if you don't even want to send a super chat, just, just leave a comment, send, send us a tweet responding to something, join the forums and leave some feedback, join the discord and let us know what you guys think about the show. So thank you guys. Thank you for supporting post wrestling. And I will talk to you guys in a month's time. Bye-bye.